0: From the age of your brother, from the age of your daughter,
1: from a dead man.
2: Respiratory virus threats, NerveTag, has spent the last few days analyzing this new variant. It may be up to 70% more transmissible than the old variant, the original version of the disease. You might be infectious, and that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Assume you might be infectious. Assume you might be infectious. And that's the way that we have to behave at this moment. Today, the United Kingdom's chief medical officers have advised that the country should move to alert level 5, meaning that uh, if action is not taken, NHS capacity may be overwhelmed within 21 days. And it's going to spread further, and I I must level with you, level with the, the British public, um, more families, uh, many more families, are going to lose loved ones before their time. Your colleague on stage, John Edmonds, has just sent me a statement saying that as far as he's concerned, this is the worst moment of the epidemic because of the extraordinary infe- infectivity of this new
3: strain. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, this is a horrible moment, for sure. To say, I'm really sorry to hear about your two relatives who died from this virus. I mean, it is a very dangerous virus uh, for many people.
2: vaccine or mra will ever flow through my fucking blood blood never i will fucking die fucking fighting for my motherfuckers and my fucking lineage fuck these motherfuckers
4: bear with me folks i've uh, inhaled a uh, big uh, big mouthful of salad dressing went down the wrong way um so uh yes another stream literally literally just the last one was a few hours ago the dogs back into the throne of grift and uh, we're gonna have a uh, I hope a uh, very, very good stream today uh, or this morning, my time, and uh, we'll be talking with Christy, Christy Grace, uh, about lipid nanoparticles and the chemistry thereof, and the um, how should we say the potential hazards. And I, no, wrong, think, sent uh, they the invite. Um, she's. Kind of running around getting ready. Um, she said she was ready, uh, but you know, you know, these uh, these ladies always got uh, one, one, one bit extra of uh, makeup to throw on, <laughs> one, one more. Just oh, there she is, straight away. Well, there's me, uh, there's me bitching, doing the casual misogyny, and uh, she's she's in like Flynn. All right, um, let's do this, let's do this, and can I. Um How are you Christy?
0: Better, thanks for asking. How are you?
4: Um zoned out, to tell the truth. <laughs> I've just I've been how should we say doing some it feels like I stream, I get 4 or 5 hours rest and then stream again and um but it's uh, how, how do you say it? it's um it's just the data's again it's moving so quickly and um it's a job to job to keep up and there was a very 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 important preprint that came out two days ago now i say um, friday and um i did i don't know if you caught my earlier streams but um it's
0: some of just a few hours ago, so I was listening while I was running
4: errands. Ah, so you on been... my birthday? Oh yes, of course. Uh, happy birthday, uh, Christy! Uh, <laughs> any and all birthday donations, uh, gladly received by a uh, uh, McCann Dojo Bank. Um, I'll I'll split them with uh, Christy.
0: No, you take them.
4: <laughs> um, I want to hang on. Let me just. Uh, you've got the chat over your face, and let me put it in the middle. Yeah, that's, that's a little better. Um, I
0: was trying to stay objective when I was listening to your stream earlier today talking about amyloid, considering yeah. I just shared that my friend, uh, uh, my friend's wife, who's just a few years older than I am, was just diagnosed with early onset, rapid onset dementia. And they're pretty certain it's Lewy body, but it started with extreme anxiety, and that was happening, I think was it was uh, when I talked to him last, like end of 2020, early 2021, and now she doesn't know where she is, she's losing her way driving down the same streets, she doesn't know where she is, right now she knows who she is, and she realizes it's happening, which I don't know if that makes yeah, it better I, or worse.
4: I, I keep uh, I keep saying it, just uh, give me the widow maker, not the brain rot um the i've seen it up close and uh, it it looks it's hell for the individual inflicted and it's hell for the people around them because they just lose they lose the person that they knew and loved right and um and it's a, a piece by piece every day and um, you know, for all the how should we say kitchen cupboard cures that people come up with, um, and look, I'm sure they do help, but there, there are some cases where it's just overwhelming, and there's there's very little that you can you can do.
0: Um, and by the time a lot of them, once it's progressed to, I'm not a doctor, but
4: from what you've said what, and others once, have said, once like once you get past a certain point, like yeah, once it's, it's huge and you can see the symptoms. Um, it's a it's a real real struggle to um, pull back to um, anything approximating a, a stable state, and um, you know it's why it's why you have to sort of preempt it, right? Um, you know, eat your fish oils and uh, whatnot, and avoid. Uh, gene-transfecting yourself with amyloidogenic peptides. Um, Was was there a vaccine involved?
0: My friend knows what I've been speaking out on. So when we met for lunch, it was actually for my birthday, and then I asked how his wife was doing, and that's when it came up. Mm. And I was trying not to say that. Like uh, I gotta want to always assume that that's what's going on, but yeah, he brought it up that she got worse, but uh, he he didn't know if it was tied to that or not. And then he asked if there were other streams or shows that I had been on or other people that were talking about dementia related things. So I forwarded your stream to him.
4: Well, I'd be. If he wants but to... it did it
0: but did increase I think after she had COVID and then yeah she had it I think um two two injections but then then after I had started talking to him and then when I moved back to where I live now I, like begged him please don't do any more don't yeah. no boosters, please stop. And then I showed him some of the data and he said holy shit.
4: Yeah it's and you know it's no guarantee that it is the causal factor but
0: or a bit accelerated, possibly.
4: Yeah, you just want to avoid any um, anything that could make the situation worse. And um, yeah, in in my mind, especially you know this last preprint, if they manage to get it out, is why well, it's frightening in its implications. If if what we're seeing is true, which is that there are unique segments to SARS-CoV-2 that target prion protein and separately have a predilection for amyloid beta. Now, you know,
0: And I, is that where it starts to cluster aggregate? I didn't want to interrupt you, but does it like uh, accelerate the typical aggregation process?
4: Yeah, that's what they're showing in this paper. Um, um, and, you know, I, I guess they're not really using... Uh, physiological concentrations. I don't, I, I, you know, when when they're doing stuff in vitro, I don't know how that relates to cellular intracellular concentration, etc. But you know, they could detect the um, seeding and the fluorescence signal within sixty minutes, and you know, it sort of reached saturation within three four hours. Um, and you know the, it's a conjecture on my part but i think that there's you'll find that there's some prion-like seeds which are more aggressive than others and you know we sort of know this from you know you don't handle a Creutzfeldt-Jakob brain with your bare hands and in uh a normal lab right there's a significant risk whereas parkinson's alzheimer's it's a little more um i would say whether whether it should be lax i don't know i perhaps there's there are risks that um have been overlooked and
0: no you're right i mean i was just having this talk with uh a genomics friend i don't know if he's watching right now uh Who's a professor of that and we were talking about research and what we had encountered in labs and things that we had refused to work with or we had to work with and the first company that i worked for that i'm not going to name uh wanted uh, tau fragments uh, wanted it expressed in heck and show and then purified and i i I refused to step foot in the lab on that one Mm -hmm. even though all the columns were disposed of and i think I don't know if they incinerate them or what they do with them, but
4: yeah, it's uh, even if
0: even if they're fragments, I don't.
4: Well, I I I just think we're only really starting to peel back the issue around these peptides, right? The you know obviously prion protein is the you know that's what catches people's attention, but um, the yeah we're, but well there was that, so there's a discussion in that paper about um basically cross seeding so the the presumption for a long time was that it was like for like peptides interacting with each other so it had, it had to be prion protein to impact prion protein but the data is sort of beginning to emerge that amyloidogenic peptides have this ability to sort of Cross um, infect, I guess, is the um, correct terminology in this case. So they, the the propagon itself is more it's it's not as selective as perhaps we were thinking it was, and this is a you know in light of what we're seeing with these um, epitopes. Um, someone, I think someone has thought very deeply about what they mean, and perhaps has been doing a bunch of testing that's not not subject to, you know, public peer review, etc. Um, that would be my hunch right now. And you know, to you know, I'm sorry for your friend. What did you say? Fifty.
0: She's in her fifties. Yeah, I just turned forty eight today and she's Yeah, in her fifties. Her so it's my, my friend. Yeah, I've known her for about I've known him for about ten years and I remember him mentioning in twenty twenty she was having twenty-four seven anxiety. And I didn't say anything and I didn't make I did make the assumption, I guess. At first I thought, you know, I'm not a doctor, but is that is that what happens with menopause? I'm not in that I'm not in that space yet? Is that what happens with menopause? Because I know panic, anxiety, depression, all those things can come up. But I remember he's, he was saying she was having a, just an incredibly difficult time and medication wasn't helping. And it was just round-the-clock anxiety. And then when I asked, you know, when we had lunch, you know, how is her anxiety doing?
4: Yeah. Well, I'm I'm presuming there was, there was no... <laughs> No uh, turnaround in that. That's that's the thing that always freaked me out with seeing these patients. Um, the, the, it's the anxiety, the depression, like the the untreatable. It's it's refractory anxiety, depression, and the other the other one that would freak me out is is the drawn out fear, right as. Because they're they're still sort of compasmentus with what's happening.
0: Yeah, you know? she's she, she's aware of what's happening right now. But it, you know, I asked, was it impacting? You know, of course, her memory, not being able to drive home from work, or you know, driving and forgetting which road to turn on, even though it was a road she's been down twenty yeah, years every day. Now. But yeah, that happens. With <laughs> I asked, I think I asked if she had forgotten you know because sometimes the sequences of like physical activities you can forget like like was she forgetting like to put a key in a door the right key in the door which key went where Mm -hmm. yeah and he said those are happening and then the mood changes are happening and Mm
4: -hmm. yeah and that's
0: but the anxiety was just all i think it was just all the time Mm
4: -hmm. well i mean if it was um if it is SARS related to the infection, you know the fact that it's the route of entry. A lot of the time, you see the MRI images of the patients, and it goes through olfactory networks and into limbic regions, and of course, that's going to um, impact the emotional state and. Now that's uh, it, it's hard to infer from looking at a monkey exactly what they're feeling, but my my gut feeling about when I would go in there and tinker around was overwhelming anxiety. Oh my gosh,
0: I have to ask you a question about that. And like on a side note, I was looking, you know, this is going to be a depressing stream. I was thinking, can the amygdala be transfected?
4: Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because it, it's, it's right Holy next to the, it's up against the hippocampus. And it's, it's all part of that sort of temporal lobe architecture. And,
0: I have a question for you, though, because it blew my mind. I was at a friend's barbecue a couple of weeks back, and there was a guy who worked at neurosurgery there, and we were talking for a little bit, and he was telling me that neurosurgery is an art more than a science. And I said, can you explain that? And he said that. Think about your anatomy and physiology when you look at the brain, and you look at a textbook, and you see the demarcation lines drawn between, like the frontal lobe and the hippocampus. Yeah, he's, 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 he's like, you humans. think those appear under the brain when we open up <laughs> the skull? He's <laughs> like, heck no. He's like, that's just guesswork. Like we think we know where that area is,
4: mm-hmm. uh, but it's I mean, not in, always in the,
0: the same in each patient. You might in you the know, primate, have a little
4: bit more. It's the the neuroanatomy is pretty um, basic still. Right, especially cortical anatomy. Like rodent, you can stick it in a stereotaxic frame, and you know exactly what you're going to hit, etc. With when you human? start getting to a primate, the relate the relationship between like the deeper anatomical structures. So you, you, there's a bunch of markers that we'll use, and usually that's the anterior, posterior commissure, and from there, you'll sort of try to make predictions about where you would hit depending on your trajectory that you're trying to get into the brain and um, there's a, just a it starts just going away from the what what the atlas says often and you know you have to spend a bit of time you know that's what I would do just like electrophysiological recordings just map the, where you think you are and how much it sort of lines up with an atlas and there's a yeah there's a he he's right to say there's a sort of art to it, and you know the. <laughs> I didn't
0: even think of that until he said it.
4: I remember once I was uh, this was in San Francisco, VA, with um, Philip Starr, who's a very very um, big neurosurgeon, one of the sort of pioneers of deep brain stimulation, and and they were in the middle of, you know, and I was I was there just as a. PhD student in the in the operating theatre and um I can remember how he was sort of getting into the the brain uh, the get past the skull. And you know, in the monkey we go to great lengths to, you know, in the surgery we're doing a very sort of precise craniotomy to sort of fit any chambers that we would be putting on. And I remember just sort of um being amazed as he basically took like what's called a curette and just started chipping away at the bone like this, right? <laughs> just to, just to get in really fast. And, um, I was like, yeah, and I'd never seen that before. I'd seen other, other people doing surgeries where they would, um, trephonate properly. Um, but no, he was really, and he's one of the most, successful deep brain stimulation surgeons out there and in the middle of this surgery he literally got a call from another surgeon basically asking for advice while they were sort of mid mid protocol as well so
0: he took the call right in the middle of chopping yeah. away at a skull
4: yeah yeah so they had they had a surgery ongoing so a patient opened this they just cracked open the skull of this dude and then the phone goes <laughs>
1: For,
4: uh, I'm seeing this what do you think and there was a you know sort of two three minute back and forth do this do that and bang back on with the surgery the, the so yeah that's, that's how the sausages. is that's a from.
0: crazy st- I suppose
4: <laughs> I don't know I, I, I take it it doesn't um shock me like at the time it did and i've I've just sort of seen so many other sort of you know stuff like that in in that domain like the brain surgery neuroscience type um environment primates humans etc it's uh yeah it's all uh old hat to me now christy i'm uh...
0: it was super interesting (laughs) when i was talking you had that barbecue I never knew.
4: What type of surgery? I never thought about it like that. Uh, Usually removing tumors. Yeah, Um, so nowadays they, you know, the neurosurgeon will be, they'll be doing gamma knife, DBS, um, actual sort of physical tumor removal, and, you know, they have many, many, many strings to their bow. And
0: You you didn't go that much in depth. It was just, uh, it was odd that it came up. Mm -hmm. We were just all sitting there in a circle because there were a lot of people either that changed fields like me. So there's like people in psychology realm and then there's like a group of us and then they're saying, hey, Nate, what do you do for a living? He's like, neurosurgery. Mm -hmm. And then then I asked him, what's an interesting thing about it that a lot of people don't know? And he's like, yeah, we don't even know if we're hitting the right part. Yeah. yeah. (laughs) So then I said, explain. What are you talking about? Yeah, and that's what he said, you know, your AMP book and your psychology when you learned all where the parts to the brain are. Mm. We yeah, don't so see any there's, there's demarcation lines in the brain, really. It
4: mm, goes just... on. So they will, you know, for example, I'm um, sorry, folks, we're not talking about lipid nanoparticles. but um, We're going a little bit. <laughs> the, so... Um, and like, the brain. Uh, so th- th- these are very... Um, Dramatic surgeries to watch when they're doing stuff for really intractable epilepsy, right? So often they'll have to put in multiple um, grids uh, sort of orthogonal to each other. So it really, it really sort of means peeling back the dura and a large piece of skull being removed. And, and then that, you know, you, it's you wouldn't believe that you could sort of get this much. Hardware into the brain, and then it's all stitched back together. And then they'll do the readings of it to try to locate where the foci are. And then they'll go back, lift everything off, and go in and ablate where they think the, the
0: ablation. The, you're talking about heat, heat.
4: Uh, usually, um, not cryo,
0: cryogen.
4: They, there's multiple methods and ways of doing it. It depends just on... Basically,
0: there's a laser and the heat and then the cryonics they'll use if you do the ablation of the heart.
4: Mm. Some... But
0: they'll go in with multiple instruments, right? Yeah. So they it's, can it's... choose which which they want to do while they're in there, that they have the option.
4: Yeah. yeah. Um, that's that's why I say it's better to have the tools in your toolbox than, you know, get into a job and realize you don't have the bits and pieces that you need. And, you know, I'm... Um, I don't know, how can you say it? I I would be very freeform in how I would be doing experiments far more uh, than other primate researchers where you would see them being very sort of OCD about where where instruments have to be etc cetera, etc cetera. and um, because I had just had so much of the brain exposed I just used to I just used to have to say okay I need a you know I basically keep like a beaker full of all the tools and screwdrivers and whatever, whatever else I needed to just sort of um, fix things in place and make, uh, make adjustments. And, um, and yeah, there's a spectrum of approaches that you can take. And I know neurosurgeons like that, primate physiologists like that, and all the way through to the other extreme end. And, um, you know, I'm I started my PhD with someone who was very, how should we say, anal retentive about um exactly how things should be put together, the order in things that you do stuff, etc. And um well, in in the end I was able to beat him to the punch across my sort of working career in with respect to developing the primate models and 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 that was purely because he was so stuck in his ways and how he did stuff and um but uh, different different courses for different courses right And um i just i hope your friend um doesn't suffer too much um that's an easy trite thing to say but um we My did. grandma
0: passed from, well, she had dementia when she died, when she was 93, but when she was in her late 70s, that's when we had to first get her into assisted living, and then mm. she had to go into a more stringent area. Yeah. Because she had lucid moments, and then, yeah, she tried to, inter- yep, she, I don't even want to say it on the stream. Yep. Uh, I, I, I don't want it. We had to get her into another place, and then we had to get her into a, uh, a house where there are only seven other people because she's close to my height and I'm just over six foot one so she's still running every day Mm. on the treadmill but she thought she was married to her Mm. occupational therapist (laughs) yeah and then you know people want to argue with someone who has dementia never argue just change the subject Mm. I don't understand why people do that but yeah yeah I watched my grandmother's health decline over about 14 years with dementia she yeah, passed, same. So.
4: Same with my grandfather. He he had a stroke, and then the Parkinsons came in, and it was a miserable, miserable twenty years for him. And God, I, I don't want that. I, you know, I I honestly think if you would go back and ask him, he would he would have just said, "Yeah, you should have just let me go at the first stroke," and. Um yeah, that's uh I'm I'm trying to uh give myself cardiovascular disease instead of, I know the brain rot's already started with me, that's the thing, right? I've got the the MRIs to prove it and um the the injury in the medical records and I I I feel it sometimes, a lot of the times. Um P B A I don't. That's why I'm vaping like a like a chimney, right now. Enjoy, yeah. life. <laughs> if I can, good, uh, good uh, cardiac arrest. That's sleep. what I
0: asked my friend. I'm like, do you have a cigarette, dude?
4: <laughs> vaping, man. It's the, it's the shit. I love it. Um. Hang on. We uh, should get
0: to happy things like lipid nanoparticle and the study that shows that the RNA is actually mutating and mm, mm, misfolding. Mm. Um, did... How do you want to start? I sent you a bunch of links, but I didn't know if you wanted to pull up the slide deck. And I know oh, we that can
4: share desktop like, if you want put... to.
0: I I emailed to you
4: today or the other yeah day? just now just now
0: just today. Um... I know. In an earlier stream, I ripped through. In the middle of the stream, the charges, and I didn't go into it a lot. And people are avoiding talking about it, and I think because they don't understand
4: or they don't want to understand. (laughs) What's that? There's loads here. So I do, I do have your slide deck.
0: Yeah. Do you want to? I didn't know where to start. If I should just start. Well, so people are curious how it's formed, and then
4: screen and this. Thanks and um it's um if you want christy's slide deck uh i did put it up on my website in the library
0: And I didn't know if you wanted to even watch one of the videos or the presentation that isn't mine, where some of this information came from, to know it's not a Scooby Doo or psyop.
4: Uh, yeah, if you've got the time, I've got the time, and all um, right, the... I don't have to
0: be awake for anything tomorrow except to be awake.
4: Yeah, well, yeah, um, send. Just... Sorry I for my a bit click. Of recovery to do, and um, um
0: I stated, you know. Uh, Kidney and uh, bladder infection means I'm going to the bathroom like sea biscuit, so mm. I'll be up anyway. Mm.
4: Yeah, it's uh, what are those things? Thankfully, it's uh, it's not a male uh, problem usually. Well, I say that before. not
0: a male problem.
4: Yeah, it's it's more a thing for ladies. But then I say that, and then my father actually. Um, he had diverticulitis and basically it fused with the his bladder so he had kidney and bladder infections all the time and that was that was miserable for him as well as uh this big boy cats broke broke the litter bag oh um try to tidy it up as best you can put it in another plastic bag daddy will come and Uh, yeah, my kids are off school today um, I'm such a s- easy touch with the, uh, they've just got to start blubbing a little bit before school and they all get the day off <laughs> so. What? But, well, my youngster just came in and he's saying it's the cats have tore open the cat litter bag so obviously it's gone all over the floor and I'm I just saying my kids are home today and Um, I'm just saying... Did you call
0: them in or is it a holiday?
4: I called them in and just my daughter just started blubbing because look, I know they were up late last night. I found a tablet in there in the morning so they've obviously all been huddling around the tablet late at night and...
0: um, It's the new smoking.
4: Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, uh, well, I don't know. When I were a lad, I can remember... 8 9 year olds used to have a siggy and again down the council estate it was a, it wasn't a, um it was common that you would see that but anyway <laughs> change it it's a, it's a stupid subject um right what do i want for the video where am i looking for that
0: i just emailed the video sorry to just send it via
1: yeah.
0: email but we don't need watch it right away I just remember I had all this in my sub stack and I have done interviews for other podcasts but they were placed behind paywalls and then I interviewed with a couple other people that are still working on it and they just didn't get it out there so they're
4: mm. thanks for no paywalls going here, over but, this um, stuff all, all donors gladly but donate
0: my birthday yeah. 9, yes 7,
4: yes. Um oh, Charles is in the chat to see you, bro, and uh, dog keck as well. Uh, and karma doc, good to see you, sweetheart. Hope you're okay. Um, would Christy please go back? Sorry, there was a question for you. Um, would Christy oh, it. please go slow back over basic charge amounts of yes! SC2 parts and pieces?
0: Yes, I brought I brought uh, pipe cleaners and crayon drawings. Um I planned on doing it if that's what we were going to do, correct? Like start just start from the beginning, start with yes. basics and then build up. Yes. All right, so before we go to the first slide, okay. You two can take a hamster ball and glue little fuzzy dots to it. This so this I
4: have to stop the screen share because you're so tiny. Okay right now so um okay so stop back up okay so yeah
0: here's they're falling off there's a hamster ball aka lipid nanoparticle there are little black dots represent the the pegylated lipids and then inside you have the rna positively charged lipids the dspc the cholesterol and uh, I have some drawings, maybe, maybe so I want to start
4: with charges first. Um, acronyms for the 101.
0: Pegylated, lipid nanoparticle,
4: DSP. ribonucleic
0: acid. Uh, you want me to say the whole name of the DSPC?
4: Yeah, whatever. I know it's that. <laughs> I don't Stupid know. long fat. <laughs> just... um,
0: but are you PAC name or the the other name? I'm just uh, Well,
4: maybe, maybe just describe. What it is functionally, rather than the the full name, dough deck, whatever. Um, explain. Oh, that so that is. we would
0: need the slide deck for. But I think first, I'll, we can do the the charges. And there was a, an episode where I just I went really back to basics, like simple math that everybody would know. That when we look at. There's charges inside the nanoparticle, and when we think about adding up charges, it's just kind of like basic math, where if you took 1 plus 1, you'd have 2 of something. And then if you if you did uh, positive 1 plus minus 1, you'd have 0, which would also be neutral. And there's a whole bunch of things that exist in nature that have charges, and you could pull up fun videos when we talked about uh, throwing sodium in the lake and to, explode it, to make it explode, for instance the table salt everyone eats is a ratio of sodium and chloride and sodium is a metal and it has a positive 1 charge on it and chloride has a negative 1 and those equal 0 and you want that to be neutral it's those are reactive things when they are not bound together and if if anyone we felt like going to. to youtube and throwing sodium in a lake you could see it explode or if you put it pure sodium in your hand i think it would start on fire
4: is that, Just is that correct? wondering if we have to explain a little bit about orbitals and packing so of electrons so people understand why you would have a positive why sodium would be classed as positive and the You want to talk
0: about valence shells? Yeah,
4: I think I think that oh, might why? help sort of clarify in people's minds what exactly we're talking about. Um Plus and minus, and um, by why they would be interacting with each other. So, um, if you don't mind, you want
0: me to quick draw a water molecule? Sure. Or you can pull the video. I <laughs> could.
4: Okay, I could pull
0: yeah. I'm trying is to it, think of uh, is it, is YouTube it in the YouTube
4: channel The it's n- l-
0: it's no no the video we're going to watch is pretty high level but we're just going to skip ahead to some parts. Gosh, uh, if I think about YouTube channels, there's Bozeman Science. B-O-Z-E-M-A-N. He has a lot of back-to-basic stuff for chemistry. Chemistry isn't... I don't think it's as difficult as it's made out to be in school. You just had bad teachers and bad
4: textbooks that were were written in ways... The power just went off. So we're still streaming, but... um, my we're gonna have a whole bunch of startups and being home and too many devices running. Uh, just must try and. Get the camera. Ah, fuck. Um, and I'm gonna shout at the kids. Um, no computers, but I think um, stream should be fine. Come on, camera.
0: I was going to take a look and see if
4: anyone could. My camera. I always have this problem with the, that's. Well, you you keep talking about, well, what I, what I will do is, whilst my camera is trying to um, fix itself, uh, YouTube. All right. And Bozeman. Want me to draw pictures? Valence shells. Bozeman science. Valence shells. I
0: don't want to confuse people further.
4: So I'm gonna I'm gonna share screen with you whilst I um figure out um camera and you can tell me which one.
0: We weren't answering a question, but I thought it might be Jeopardy time and time for fun music. Let me log into the, the rumble.
4: Can You can see the screen share, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, is there one, is there like a two minute one? Three minutes of, no, it's copper. Electron configuration. Here, five minutes. We'll do this one whilst I figure mess around with my uh, electronics. Do you hear the sound?
1: Yes. Okay.
5: You'll need to be familiar with the structure of an atom before going any further, and you may wish to look at the lesson Parts of an Atom, Their Charge and Their Mass first. Electrons are arranged in energy levels or shells around the nucleus of an atom. The actual orbit shapes are a bit too complicated to cover in such a short lesson, but on average the orbital radius increases as the energy levels increase. In our diagrams, The shell nearest the nucleus is going to represent the lowest energy level or shell and we draw a circle to depict each shell. We use a dot or a cross to represent each electron. And we'll represent the nucleus by the chemical symbol. Each electron in an atom is in a particular shell and the electrons must occupy the lowest available shell nearest the nucleus. So, when we are drawing the electron configuration, we have to fill up each shell in turn, starting with the lowest. We'll take a lithium atom as an example. With an atomic number of three, it must have three electrons to balance the positive charge of the three protons in the nucleus. It's worth remembering that the atomic number tells you the total number of electrons in a neutral atom. So, we put the first electron into the first shell. And the second. However, this shell can only contain a maximum of two electrons. That's one of the rules that you need to remember. The third electron therefore must go into the next shell, which we draw as a larger circle around the outside of the first. And that completes the electronic configuration of a lithium atom. The same process of filling up shells applies to larger atoms. You always start with the lowest available shell, and whenever a shell is full, the next electron to be added goes into the next shell. And that's pretty much it. All you need to know is how many electrons can occupy each shell And at this level, you only need to know the rules for the first 20 elements. The maximum numbers are as follows. The first shell can contain a maximum of two electrons. The second shell, up to eight electrons. The third shell also has a maximum of eight electrons. And the 19th and 20th electrons go into the fourth shell. And this would actually represent a calcium atom. Note that as we fill up each level, we've been drawing the electrons evenly spaced out on each shell. This is to keep the diagrams tidy and make it easier to count the electrons. And what's more, there's a shorthand way of writing this down. Two, eight, eight, two. The first number represents the inner shell or lowest energy level. The full stop shows how the electrons are separated between the shells. The second number tells us how many electrons are in the next shell, followed by the third and fourth shells. And so now it's your turn. I'd like you to draw the electron configuration of a carbon atom. Pause the video, find a piece of paper and have a go. And here is what it should look like. It It has a full first shell and four electrons in the outer shell. Did you get it right? Now, how would you write the electron configuration in numbers for this atom? Pause the video again or rewind if you need to have a think about this. The answer is that it would be written 2.4. And now that you have covered the basics of drawing electron configurations, you'll be ready to tackle our lesson, Electron configurations of the first 20 elements.
0: Ah, crap, Kev. What do you want to do with no camera?
4: Uh, I can find a little web one. I'm very, very angry. (laughs) All right. So um, there's. Did it get fried? Uh, I think so. I mean, it's coming on. Like a power
0: surge fried it?
4: It's coming on, but it's not giving me a menu. Which. Rating. Things wrong with it. Well, it's... It be giving me...
0: Those are a lot of tabs.
4: you back on the screen.
0: All right. I'm just going to start sharing stuff that I drawn that was just for simplicity that I've shared before. Just to go over again. All right. So everybody knows McKernan, Philip Buchholz found plasmids in the vials of jabs. And those are very Electronegatives, they have a really high negative charge, more than the RNA. There's other screens on that slide deck where I calculated the charge on each plasmid, the the negative charge on it, and I calculated the base pairs that Kevin had shared in one of his substacks. He shared the sequence of one of the plasmids, and then I took that plasmid and I just did simple adding up the base pairs and what has a charge on it, if it's neutral or positive charge or negative charge. Just to to go over things, um, positive and negative attract. So if you took a a balloon that you blew up and you rubbed it on your hair, it would pick up negatively charged electrons from your hair. And then if you take that balloon and stick it to like a piece of metal, that something that has a positive charge, it'll it'll stick because positive and negative attract. If you think of um, like even though it's not this kind of charge, but if you had two magnets and one was, you know, the the same ends will repel each other, but the opposite ends will attract.
4: So Uh, the the Keep keep talking, I'm gonna- There.
0: I'm just gonna- I'm just gonna go over with some crayon drawings, because so many people on Twitter said explain it like I'm five, so I drew it with crayons. Keep going. So there is a nanoparticle, and it's three-dimensional. On the outside, you have the pegylated lipids. Those were placed there for a few reasons. It helps the nanoparticle be stealthy when it enters the body, so the immune system doesn't automatically react to the lipid nanoparticle. It also helps with the stability of the nanoparticle and helps it from coming apart or breaking down, which I don't mean to like defend it, but if it weren't there, it'd be a lot worse. On the inside, the little red S that I drew is the the RNA. We have this saying and well, it's a saying that everybody should know in biology is the central dogma of biology is DNA to RNA to a protein. And this comes into play with the, the RNA that they're putting in everyone's arms. And some of you know that there were two processes to make the RNA, and there was process one and process two when they made the jabs. The first process, they used enzymes, what are called IVT enzymes, that made RNA, and then they purified that, and then they put the RNA into the lipid nanoparticle and then into the vials. The second process that they went with at scale to inject everybody was to use Plasmids that were constructed that are DNA round circular pieces of material, and they're housed in E. coli, which is a bacteria. And the plasmids can the DNA plasmids make RNA really quickly and at really high volume. But the thing is, they they didn't didn't separate it out. They didn't purify it out. Some of you've read some of those documents that shows. The FDA and Pfizer and Moderna, they worked out uh, a limit, and Kevin McKernan and others have said it was just arbitrary that no amount of plasma DNA could be safe in the human body, and it's not just a regular piece of plasma. It has all these things on it that make it do different things, uh, for one, like replicate itself over and over again. Um, the SV40 promoter that a lot of people talk about is actually what's called the continuous promoter. That's on one of the slide decks. Uh, that I shared with Kevin, where it just keeps going all the time. There's no end to it. So in this this particle in the center is the RNA and that has a negative charge. And this charge is similar in the way that chloride has a negative charge to it. And then there are positively charged lipids. Some of them haven't been charged yet and they will be once they enter the cell, which we can talk about in a little bit, but some already have a preloaded charge. And because opposites attract for positive and negative, they are what is called electrostatically bound to the phosphodiester backbone of the RNA. So they are just stuck in there in space. And then I didn't draw all the other lipids on the inside. There's a helper lipid called the DSPC. And then there's also cholesterol. Cholesterol makes up about half of the lipid nanoparticle they all have specific things that they they do in there but the the positively charged lipids are going to attract to anything that has a negative charge on the slide deck there was a document that was sent to me by kevin mckernan and i think sasha obtained it and it was a pfizer document where they measured what's called the zeta potential zeta there's two different types of charges on these lipid nanoparticles. There's the net charge, which is all of the the charges added up that are inside of that thing. And then there is the charge that exists on the very surface of it. So on the very surface of this thing, the surface itself has a charge, and that's called zeta potential. And that charge changes depending on what pH it is in pH is to do with uh, acids and bases, you know uh, Hydrochloric acid has a low pH laundry detergent is technically a base and it feels slippery on your skin because it's a base So those of you in the the chat that are familiar going back to chemistry The the number of a base is higher number. What's that
4: going back to photography? I've got camera stored
0: i oh, just turn on the crappy one, Kevin, on the computer. Come on.
4: Uh, I will not be defeated by this. Tech. Just an odd but, deal for a day. Um...
0: So Pfizer, Pfizer measured the the negatively charged RNA and the positive charges combined together, and they calculated. and It 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 takes some tests to do it. Some chemical tests and physical tests in the lab. They, they calculated the charge to be minus three millivolts. And in order for the lipid nanoparticle to go to the liver, which is also on those slide decks, you, you want a neutral, which would be zero, to very, very, very slightly negative. Like minus three is just barely getting to where it needs to go. So when, when they make the lipid nanoparticle, they put all this stuff in ethanol, which has a, a lower... A bit lower pH, and they put all, mix all the lipids in there and the RNA. And it. this isn't exactly what happens. They actually like force it into this tube and then it's, it assembles. And as it's assembling the positively charged lipids are just going to naturally be attracted to the RNA, which form in the center. And it's a spherical, if you think about it in three-dimensional space, like I've used in comparing it to an orange, like the rind of an orange that you would eat would represent the outer layer. And it has a, like a lipid bilayer going on, kind of like a cell where all these lipids are lined up and then the pegylated is on the outside of the rind of the orange. Then if you think of the meat of the orange and the flesh that you would eat, that would be a combination of the DSPC, the cholesterol, and some of the lipids that can gain a positive charge. They are called the ionizable lipids. They just haven't been charged yet yet and Then some have already been loaded with a charge, and they have a positive charge. And then they stick to the negatively charged RNA in the center. So they they measured these to be minus three millivolts. And you know, on those, you look great in the camera. Uh, yeah, <laughs> it's, awesome. I fixed it.
4: I fixed. It. <laughs> not not busted. That's good. Um, I think the issue was um, Zoom was because it, the camera went off. It was looking for, and I was expecting the camera instructions to come on the screen and I don't know well, anyway um problem solved and um I'm sure that
0: donate more my money very thorough in... just in case Kevin needs a backup camera
4: yeah please <laughs> feed the cone um I just want to
0: roll through these and then hop on the slide slide yeah. deck as it explains more
4: sure sure Um, I was listening through a lot of it. It was just that the camera was off. So, um...
0: There's a plasmid. It's this round circular thing. It's a constructed recombinant piece of DNA. It has many parts. uh, Like you were mentioning in the stream earlier, uh, it has an antibiotic resistance gene on it. Because when you have a bunch of stuff and you want to kill some stuff with an antibiotic, you don't want to kill this sucker. It's... Be a well, longer, I, I more think more information. Um, I think people need to know why it has a can it has an antibiotic resistant gene. Yeah, I it, think
4: just we better, um, that, that's good the basic knowledge to have is that plasmids are natural genomic bacteria. structures that bacteria have, and we, There's human a, beings, have found a way to, um, cool. utilize them in modern biotechnology, and the way that they do that is. They will put, they'll splice in genes that are known to confer antibiotic resistance. Right. So there's plasmids are not a completely man made construct. We've again borrowed from nature and.
0: Yeah. But bacteria, like that would, that'd be like another show if you wanted to talk about how CRISPR was formed because bacterial phage is this really cool spider looking thing with a, uh, a diamond kind of like not as big as that uh fuji but it has uh like a uh, hexagonal like diamond shaped back and it has legs and a plunger and these viruses will attack bacteria and they plunge in there's some cool videos on that mm-hmm. they'll plunge into the bacteria that that was another thing that scientists discovered is bacteria have its own gene slicing stuff so when the viruses would inject the bacteria the bacteria would fight back and cut up the genes and that's kind of where CRISPR came from because somebody said holy shit we can use that in medicine
4: you know what i heard the other day that they've got this completely new way of doing crisper um and essentially again is untraceable in how they how they do it and it was a few months few weeks few months back and i was like oh that's interesting and didn't i should have kept it and read more about the tech at hand because you know people people are still wrapping their mind around what crispr cas9 actually the implications of it and crispr cas9 is outdated now apparently um, so keep keep that in mind wow. as we're looking at potential agents being released into the environment um, it might not be possible to see the um the splicing coronaviruses were a sort of special case they had the no no c m technology. There'd been a lot of work going into that um I'm not sure how that would apply to non corona viruses um so I don't mean to get a side
0: sidetrack- sidetracked. I just yes. like when people uh, think about DNA, on. like think about DNA is whoops, broken. Because you know, that's the structure that people usually think of when they think of DNA that's double stranded. And then, you know, think of think of these pretty much being they're both DNA, except this is a DNA plasmid and it has been pieced together. And this would represent the gene that shows the that is the uh, codes for the spike protein. There is an eleven-minute video if people want to see how insulin is made using plasmids and recombinant DNA, because that is what occurs for the insulin that people take into their bodies. Which
4: but was, if we think the, that was um, that technology working for the the good of mankind, I, you know, if I remember correctly, insulin prior to that was pig insulin. Um,
0: yes. Yeah, and they had to in cow, and they actually stopped that because of the
4: BSE and prions, right? <laughs> yes. Um, it all it all circles the drain down to the protein misfolding. Unfortunately.
0: So, if I was, if we were talking. About everything that's in the mix. When these lipid nanoparticles form. And then. A plasmid enters the mix. Even if one plasmid enters the mix. The plasmid has a negative charge of 256 on it. Just one. Just one. And on that slide deck. I've got the long drawn out calculations. For how you would calculate.
4: that. But, uh primarily because of the phosphate backbone. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I didn't know if you wanted to bring up the slides then and talk about what are on the slides. And then I sent some other graphs and pictures of what like a liposome is or what a lipid is. And
4: uh, let's, let's do it all while we're here. Um...
0: Awesome. I just thought we'd do everything and we'd be here for the long haul, three or four hours if that's what it took. I may have to Use the ladies' room, depending uh, on uh, since you know UTI.
4: You uh, use as you need. I can. Well, thanks. If the so power far, I'm so good.
0: I'm crossed.
4: Uh, it, it, this. You're you're small, but I can at least make myself. Bigger I'm tall. Of... There. Get on my shoulder um Okay, so uh do you have a slide number you want me to?
0: Ah, oh, you just start at the beginning, so I can just okay. look. those had some better images.
4: That's Please, page
0: one. sure. Okay. I don't feel small.
4: And, yeah, to zoom in. Better. Keep going.
0: I can't see anything that you're sharing. Oh, I just see oh. us in the Zoom meeting.
4: Oh, sharing screen. It it it's done a screen share because you've sh- you've shrunk.
0: I can't see it. Why can't I see the? I just see you and I talking. Yeah. I can hear. I'll just look at the oh, Okay, um, okay. I've, I've I'll look at this
4: share screen. Okay. I got it. I don't know what I did wrong there, but yeah, obviously, obviously something was wrong because I disappeared from the screen and but anyway, you should be able to see now. Um can
0: you go like just back a Well, oh, I guess so you were there. So sorry. My bad. So, that is a better drawing of when the lipids come together and they assemble. And there's usually they found uh, the scientists who studied this because there's been a couple of tests done where there are about three pieces of RNA per, it's not just one that are hanging out. And when they increase the pH, that's when they form. They start off at a lower pH and then increase the polarity and then those form could you go to the next slide please or scroll there's there's a better photo of that cholesterol doesn't have a charge i don't know if i should just say all the things that are changing more than the lipid nanoparticle breaking down the a lot of you know, I, when I was on Twitter posting a lot, people got angry who wrote studies, and some of that got directed at me when it came to this thing because they only wanted to talk about the peg, nothing else, and said so that nothing, nothing else was going on. Was all about the pegs. So that that was pretty irritating. But yeah, that that is the least bad thing. That does it. I know that can cause immune responses and it can do bad things. But the 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 charges on this sucker. I think, I think and that's what's what happening with RNA are really in, bad.
4: Right was. Because people had known allergies to, uh, peg.
0: Yeah, it was when Aaron Rodgers went on um, Joe Rogan. I think that was one oh, of the initial drivers. Joe Rogan. Thanks, thanks, buddy. <laughs> thanks, Jeff. Have Jack. us all on your show.
4: Yes. <laughs> at least, at least, get Rixie on there. Talk Still some sort a football uh, player. Football talk, player. Talk some sense. Uh, they need. They need. Uh, God damn it, we need to get this biowarfare issue front and centre, the medical... Like, this stuff is important and interesting, but it's... Um, well... not. not uh, I'm enjoying this, um, but the vaccine stuff, no, I think... No skin off my back. It, it should, in my mind, come below the importance with respect to the biowarfare warfare issue.
0: And what's driving so right.
4: Mm. And we we're not doing well in that department, I'm afraid. Well, it's 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 where you're gonna get the most pushback from any organization, right? It's it's a radioactive topic. Excuse the pun. So, um, I, maybe so, so, you, you can answer a question for me, actually. All right. Um, oh, hang on. The So, I was looking at this computational study around the nucleocapsid protein and it, its ability to bind to CD147. And the, the way they were making it sound was that nuclear capsid, like my visualization of it is it's very much an internalized peptide or RNA in the viral structure, yet they, the, the way they were making it sound was that there were parts of it outside of the structure of the lipid coating of the virus. Do you know anything about that? Um Does it, do they poke out and um does it have, I, mean, I was just trying to visualize how the, how the receptor and uh, the peptide of the ligand was interacting and it wasn't clear in that paper. And as we have a, this diagram on the screen I was wondering if you could I know it's a, s- a sidetrack but um, do, you, do you have that... some ideas no. Mm. no gonna have to do more reading it hasn't that.
0: been on my radar but send it to me and I'll I'll try to squeeze it in this week with the sections I'm writing on that paper
4: it's um like go on that this paper here uh, oh yeah send you the link
0: thanks
1: skype
4: all right um let's get back to slides okay, okay so
0: it, and it, uh, as far as studies if you want to bring up study links uh The recent email and then the other ones will have links in it. Yeah, so if you just want to scroll down. Sorry. I mean, I talk about clots, but if you want to look at these studies, we can look at the clots. But I think the if you scroll a little bit more, there's been a recent study shows that the positively charged lipids are mutating the the rna so that's happening but i didn't know if you wanted to take a look at the video that i sent on youtube where it was the university looking at the studies and looking at what would happen if they yeah so n- not a psyop <laughs> Right. So, sorry, so, right, just a little heads up on this. So, so these guys at uh, George Mason University, I think this is Dr. Bushman. I'm trying to remember all their names. Uh, they represent Precision Nano Systems, the company that make the nano part. They they do nano stuff. I've been getting invited to some of their stuff. Kevin, uh, are we let? Like I sent you an email asking if you wanted to go recon. Oh yeah, and that one. Of the... Okay,
4: that's that's these <laughs> guys. because
0: <a>, yeah. <laughs> we can join in and hop in some of the webinars because I'm signed up for some of their list. To, I've been hopping into some of their um science webinars. <laughs> yeah, so
4: uh, if it be uh, above my head or not, but
0: I don't think so. So this one, I don't know if you just want to start playing and you just hop up maybe skip ahead a little bit and I'll tell you where to start.
4: US this includes, yeah, you know, myself and your Looks North like American people, East team.
0: They know their shit.
4: <laughs> um manufacturing. Should I go to yeah. that bit? Yeah. Okay, great. Well, th- yeah, thanks so much, Jason. It's an honor and pleasure
3: to be here today. Um, so here, uh, we'll start off just showing a little kind of a uh, paradigm schematic of what a enough. lipid nanoparticle uh, looks like. And the current model is shown here on the left, where the pegylated lipid is on the outside uh, in contact with the aqueous phase. And then there's typically a bilayer structure that's thought to contain most of the helper lipid, the DSPC as well. And then inside, you have uh, the protonated ionizable lipid that's electrostatically bound to the negative phosphate backbone of the mRNA. There may be a few copies of mRNA between maybe one and five uh, versus several hundred copies, for example, of silencing RNA, a much smaller molecule. And this central region is typically electron dense in a cryo-EM image and also contains the bulk of the cholesterol. So the way they're produced is uh, in a microfluidic setting or a T-junction setting, there are the four lipids in ethanol, and here I'm showing the four, the ionizable, I have two symbols for the protonated form as well as the neutral form, but the four lipids in ethanol mix with a low pH aqueous solution of mRNA, and particles form come out the other side. And I use the Spark system from PNI. And the advantage of Spark is the very small volume. So there's a little well here that's 16 microliters, typically, of the lipids, 32 of mRNA, and then ejected, typically, into a PBS solution of 48. So the advantage is you can do a lot of formulations and not consume a lot of material. So Sugar what happens organ, during sorry. the mixing, uh, this was indicated recently by a publication by Dr. Kulkarni from Peter Cullis' group. And we've found similar features as well is that the lipids in ethanol, since there's no counter ions, uh, uh, the ionizable lipid is neutral. But when it contacts the low pH buffer, typically pH 4 acetic acid, uh, it, it will become protonated and then it electrostatically binds to the backbone of the phosphate. And at the same time, for a second. the uh, solvent is
0: When they say protonated, just for people listening, that's, uh, that's it's. Protons of a positive charge, so it's gaining the positive charge. There's, when they say the ionizable charged, that means it has a positive charge to it. If it's neutral ionizable, it has not yet gained a charge. But those that are in that lipid nanoparticle that are just hanging out neutral, they are not stuck electrostatically to the RNA yet. They're just hanging around in the And then mix with the other ones. And then once it enters the cell, then it goes into... Gosh, right as it's headed towards the ribosome, there's different parts of the cell that are actually a lower pH. And those will become charged once they're in that environment. So then they will all have a positive charge on them. Do you want to, like, skip ahead to the... I don't know if people wanted to keep watching him explain how these are made. Or skip ahead where they decided to alter the ratios.
4: Ah... This one with the rodents,
0: sure. So, what they did here is, and if you wanted to go a little bit before and hear him explain it or not, where
4: the
3: branching gives a fairly evident, uh, morphologically uh, cone shaped So, the ionization controls uh, endosomal release, but it also controls biodistribution. This is shown by a second and-
0: he said charge also determines endosomal release. So when the when the lipid nanoparticle first comes in contact, if you think uh, for those of you like know science, anything about a cell and it's it's got the lipids on the outside of it, and lipids really like other lipids, but when it, it enters into the cell, it kind of gets surrounded by some of the the outer layer of the cell and kind of forms a bubble and gets stuck in. And then it has to open back up to when it does what it does in the, the ribosome right so he just said not only do the charges on this thing dictate where it goes in the human body it's charge mediated it also dictates if that thing is going to open back up again or not and enter the ribosome or not so if they're if they're not right at neutral or closer to that minus three range then I've been trying to find studies to figure out because people have to do the studies. So what happens if that isn't the charge that it's supposed to be when it enters the cell? Can it even head over to the...
4: Now, my understanding was, well, the cartoon understanding that was sold to the public is that the lipid nanoparticle will sort of passively fuse to the cell membrane and release the contents in, and essentially you've got refloating RNA that has a, um, uh, what do you call it, is it a poly a tail that, is, that hones in on the ribosome. You're saying it's more complex than that with respect to... Um,
1: you just said ha- it.
4: Still has, it picks up a covering lipid, Covering from the cell. That still has to direct it towards the ribosome.
0: Yeah, and that it's uh, it's not going to release from its little lipid bubble that it forms when it goes into the cell. So I think he, he had that, and I have that too. On a, a couple slides back in in this video where he shows the, if you go back, there's uh, go back on this video a few slides wherever he was right there yeah there we go so people can get a visual of what's going on here so like the if everybody like notices the the lnp the lipid nanoparticles are entering the outside and then we talk about the, the ribosome that's in the cell you know to one and then the endosomal endosome is it gets sucked into the cell and then it kind of forms its own little bubble on the inside, but that's got to release. And what he was saying is not only that, but the charge on the lipid nanoparticle will dictate whether it even gets released
1: Hmm.
0: or if it's just floating around now in its own little thing.
1: How
4: does that relate to targeting different organ systems? If you've got to, if they're carrying differences, in the In their lipid membrane, with respect to charges, then i i my presumption would be that the mo- molecular pathways would be similar once inside the cell, so how does how do those charges impact translation in this instance? that makes sense? The question makes sense.
0: From RNA to a protein for for it to no, get into so, the ribosome.
4: So it, it, you're saying that there there's a charge in the there's a charge required in the cell that's required to release.
0: No, in the lipid nanoparticle.
4: Uh, the, on the lipid, the lipid
0: nanoparticle. nanoparticle. But, yeah, it responds to it, but I don't know the exact mechanism. I didn't. He just said that now. I didn't even heard of that.
4: So I'm this just wondering how. blown my brain. How the external lipid nanoparticle which has different charges depending on where they want to put it how that impacts the processing with inside the cell if there's a specific ph that's required to um the
0: P- the ph lowering down is what busts it busts it open and then it also activates the neutral ionizable that's why they call it ionizable because they can be protonated the the ph the lower pH because there's, uh, there's proton there's protons floating around in lower pH stuff due to the, the acidity, right? If you think so when that particle busts open in the lower pH, at the same time there are lipids inside that haven't gained a charge yet. That will now be activated they will now have they'll be protonated they will have a positive charge on them now so now you have a whole bunch more positively charged lipids in that cell that
4: complicated things floating around
0: which that other study showed yes i don't know if you wanted to go back to where he talks about charge and charge mediated delivery depending on where it is or so it's forward i'm sorry so if you go forward Back in time, back to the future, so forward. Keep going. So, so what they, they did is, and he explains all the science there where they decided what if we took the positive charges and the negative charges within the lipid nanoparticle and they altered the ratio so they were no longer, so that one should talks about zeta potential. So that part, if you want to go there, they said what if we What if we alter the ratio and what if we don't have as many RNA in and there's more positively charged particles so that the overall the net charge is more positive? Yeah, that's a friggin' crazy equation. But if you know the, you can plug and play, as they say, if you remember back to your math, if you know what things stand for and you, you know what the numbers are, it's really not that scary of a thing. So technically you want it neutral to slightly negative. And then that's what makes it head to the liver. So these scientists, and there's a study that's linked up in the slide deck as well, altered the ratio. And then they found in rats when they injected both in the muscle and in an IV where the particles went if they adjusted the charge on them. So they had some loaded with more RNA, so the overall charge was more negative. And then they had ones where they loaded them up with more positively charged lipids where the overall charge was more positive. And that goes back to those screens where it shows that the particles that had a higher positive charge went to the lungs. Neutral goes to the liver. Slightly more negative goes to the spleen, but very more negative is going to go to the blood compartment because there's a lot, there's such a high negative charge on it. The charges in the blood, JJ, you're right, there's charges in the body. They're, you know, possibly the platelet factor four. There's Things floating around the blood that have a positive charge in it, so it just gets sucked right into the vascular system. So I, that was something I want to point out too. Like in in nothing that I was saying in this presentation or the one for uh, that conference we were all in. Of course, the spike protein is expressing in cells and it's doing bad things. And of course, when it expresses in the endothelium, then you you have uh, what's called is it, the Virchow's triad, where you have three conditions that must be met. Where they teach that in medical school where you have inflammation in the vessel and then you have a coagulation event and then you have a narrowing of the the vessel of like a capillary or a blood vessel or artery or vein so of course if the spike protein expresses there it's going to you're going to lead to to clots and fibrin and a coagulation cascade but if that was happening all the time, or we'd all be, you know, everybody would be walking, so many people would be walking clots, and they're not. we got, we got the jabs. But it would happen uh, if you, you had seen... a negatively charged lipid nanoparticle because it would direct its delivery to the vascular system instead of the liver.
4: Have you seen these um, thermal imaging techniques that they've been, uh, that I've seen them been circulating around, but basically... Um, the it, it's claiming that people are walking around, essentially with massive clots, and they can they they wouldn't normally see them, but they can see them with this thermal imaging because the where the clot is, it's the part of the limb is much cooler, and, and yet these people seem to be able to. Um. I, I, I don't know what their subjective experience is, but w- wouldn't
0: they have higher blood pressure?
4: Uh, I mean, all, all manner of isn't
0: that basic fluid dynamics that we all had to take in physics? I, I, I just, narrowing I presume, of the,
4: but um, narrowing of
0: the the space causes an increase in pressure. Uh, opening of the space. Maybe... That's why people who the more overweight someone is, you have a growing out of the capillaries, and that's one factor in. Please, if there's a nurse or doctor, correct me if I'm right, me, wrong. That's what I... we learned is if capillaries grow out, then they're increasing in length, thus you have an increase in blood pressure. If I can... So I would think if you had a narrowing of a major artery I mean, I, or major I presumed, parts in your body, you'd have higher blood
4: pressure, wouldn't you? I would presume so, but um, I'm not seeing... A picture that i was thinking of but like i say this sort of sensitive thermal imaging is able to see people having quite major blockages and um their my presumption was that they're walking around relatively okay um and i guess that's uh an indicator of um how how robust um we are um Maybe someone will have a link in the chat. I know I, know I either saw it on Telegram or.
0: Um, they did thermo imaging in people and there are.
4: Yeah, so they're sort of like black and white pictures that the, you see and you look at like the leg and it'll. Are have they a...
0: facts? Is it the same as people who are sticking magnets to their arms?
4: No, no, no. This is, it seemed a legit um methodology i mean i i again they they're pointing at spike protein as being the the problem here and this is in vax people and um the yeah it's just um, i i hope someone goes fishing for it and can bring it up because it's it's if it's true um there are lots of pe- it's, there are lots of people walking around with these um blockages and um, I seem unaware. So, um, you know, it could it could explain why people sort of keel over. They go from functional to face planting, somewhat. And, but if if you keep uh, teaching, I'll pick a quick. So I want to say I saw it in Telegram. Scroll through, that. please.
0: People want to hear this guy explain what we were talking about. I mean, it's twenty more minutes, but I don't know if you wanted to hop ahead to oh, maybe the end. Are you just going to be five minutes, Kev?
4: Uh, scrolling through. I mean, um, I will be. Uh, there's a lot of memes. You just to want to stop towards time.
0: the end. Okay.
4: Yeah. Um, I don't know.
0: Go right there, I guess.
3: What we found is that KC2 is also more potent than in IM injections, um, maybe 50%, sometimes two times higher than MC3 if you do the ROI. So we're talking with the about different
0: nanoparticle here, or different uh, the dot at versus. I don't know if we, we need to, to watch this anymore, other than they did the studies on right there if they change.
4: Zeta potential.
0: Yeah, so the zeta potential, again, is the charge on the outside of the surface of the lipid nanoparticle, and you can't have zeta potential without pH, and the zeta potential is calculated and that exists with pH. And so again, they they did it both in the muscle and the the liver to see where it would go. And if it was just slightly more negative, it's going to the spleen. But he even admits, I forget if it was like at uh, 26 or 27 minutes, that if you go too far negative, you're going to have adverse event. You're going to have off-target
4: effect adverse event. Goes up to 23 minutes. Yeah.
0: So so, no, I didn't use Microsoft Paint like when you joked before when these were part of the slide deck where I was... Trying to show it, yeah, yes, the spike protein is causing clots and other major baddies. But for it to even get to the vascular, where you're going to have an issue, you know, that's also in the slide deck where um, Pfizer admits to requiring the lipid nanoparticle to have a neutral to very slightly negative zeta potential to avoid binding non-specific binding events in the blood compartment. So
4: a.k.a. clots. So, uh, we've extracted what we can from this.
0: Yeah. Video. Okay. Let's... Are you going for just like a, to jump ahead? Do people want to see how E. coli and DNA works for 11 minutes? Are you going to take a little break, Kevin? Do you just want to sidestep there? So I think I just sent you a YouTube video, the most recent email. I think maybe it would, be, it would be kind of cool.
6: Hello, friends. In this video yeah. tutorial, we'll be talking about. <laughs>
0: he does a good job, though. He
4: does. Okay, we'll let Padgett. Okay, it,
0: so right? so this video is uh, just a, a brief. He did it. He did it. He does it so quickly. So he's going to talk about how a recombinant protein, a spike protein, is a reco- when it's in the jabs, it's a recombinant protein. How it's made using a plasmid in E. coli. And he gives the example of how insulin is made because insulin is a protein using a plasmid in E. coli. So when you watch this video, just think about how the spike protein is being made and substitute out whatever he says regarding insulin for spike protein. And then you'll know what's happening and you have a good idea of what's happening in the lab. It's, yeah, I think it's 11 about,
6: minutes. About uh, the recombinant on. protein. This is a vast topic uh, to cover, but uh, in this video, I'm go going to give you a just heaven? overview about... Yeah,
4: yeah, yeah. Knock yourself
6: out. <laughs> Sorry, I wasn't, chuff- I wasn't chewing you.
4: <laughs>
6: about what is recombinant protein. If you know about all these things and techniques, it's, uh, this is not going to help you much. But if you don't know what is recombinant protein, then definitely this is the video for you. Now, uh, proteins are two. the most important... Sorry. Maybe I'll get up too because, you know yeah bladder and take, kidney take,
4: infection take your break i'm we'll
6: um, gonna take
0: five
4: yeah i'm uh i'm still scrolling for that um imaging technique.
6: So. important biological molecules that i always always tell to people so if you look at those uh, those proteins like everywhere for every different purposes so we definitely need proteins we are producing proteins in our body but in many aspects when our body will not produce a lot of those proteins which we require in that case we need to acquire those proteins from outside from uh, from from outside our body we need to uptake them from outside so in that cases those proteins are very much required like insulin it's a hormone that's also a protein which is very much important for the regulation of blood glucose level so this is one thing Uh, so as there are different other proteins also that are required different protein sources so uh, sometimes we need to prepare those proteins outside in the lab uh, so that we can formulate them uh, in drug form and we can supply them to people Uh, so for that reason we need to produce a lot of protein in very tiny amount of time and in a very low expense so in that case we rely on a technology called recombinant DNA technology or simply better known as RDT so using this recombinant DNA technology we produce proteins previously we used to produce proteins like insulins and all these things directly from other organic sources like cow we just take out because the insulin is normally produced by your uh, pancreatic cells so if you take the pancreas from cow drag insulin out of it and then we put them into the drug form and take them but now that is also problematic because obviously cow is another organism and they have another body features though the insulin that they produce are completely similar to that of hour and will work properly in our body but still sometimes if the cow is infected with a disease like mad cow disease or something like that it can also transfer into our body and it can ultimately uh, create harm so for that reason or cross contamination we block these processes and what we do here we use recombinant dna technology to produce more and more proteins so what is the idea the actual idea here to get a lot of a lot of that proteins many many copies of the same protein we need to produce a lot of proteins and to produce this multiple number of same protein we use this recombinant DNA technology. So what is the idea? If there is a protein made, definitely there is somewhere an mRNA for that protein should be present. If there is an mRNA, definitely there is a DNA which code that mRNA. So obviously, we, if, we, if we trace it back, definitely that protein will be coded by a gene. Let us say this is the gene in blue color. So this is the gene for let us say insulin. A better write as insulin gene, but okay, this is a gene for insulin. Now this gene, we know that this gene produces this protein, which is insulin here. So what we want to do here, we want a lot of insulin in in small amount of time and in a way that it becomes cheaper because it will be consumed by many people, irrespective of their economic condition. Now if if we take this, now this is one idea. This is the gene of our interest. It becomes the gene of interest so now the idea is if we want more proteins from this gene we should have more more of these genes because one gene here in this case the insulin gene can produce multiple copies of proteins if we go for multiple rounds of uh, transcription it will produce multiple mRNA and from those mRNA multiple times translation will occur and can produce as protein so what we can do here so this is the eukaryotic gene remember this is the insulin gene of eukaryotes okay so we want multiple copies of this insulin gene and also multiple copies of the mRNA of insulin multiple copies of insulin also so here if we take this gene out and do certain process of multiplying it and then transcribe it and then translate it we can have multiple number of uh, proteins the same proteins like insulin here so for that we should first take this gene out right the gene of interest out from the whole genome because the genome is large. So, we take this gene out by using restriction endonuclease enzyme. We use that enzyme to cleave uh, the two sides of the gene so that we ultimately have only the desired gene here. Let's say this is the desired gene in our hand. So, once we have our desired gene, now the second stage is that is to add this gene into a vector. Now, what is a vector? Vector is a carrier molecule. Just like you, let's say you want to grow from uh, your house to your college. Now, during that process, you cannot walk all the time. Let's say it's a distant process. You want a vehicle uh, with which you can go there. So, here in this case, the vector acts as a vehicle. And in this case, this gene is acts as you. So, this gene will be tagged, will be attached, stitched with the vector. And the vector can migrate. The vector can move. So, let us say, here the vector as we use here is from, let us say this is a vector, a plasmid, a plasmid vector. Plasmid plasmid is also a double-stranded, let us say this one, plasmid is also a double-stranded DNA found in bacteria, in prokaryotes. Remember, this is in prokaryotes. We just take it uh, from, let's say, from E. coli, Ascherichia coli cell. We are taking this plasmid. So, we have this plasmid as a vector. And we have this segment of gene there, the desired gene. Now, the second stage here is to take this gene and incorporate gene in the plasmid, in the vector. Whatever vector, there are multiple types of vector, plus mid vector, there are other bacterial artificial chromosome, east artificial chromosome, phage mid vector, and all these things. So in this case, we'll cleave some portion of this vector. So now it's open. Now we drag it, we just place it inside using different enzymes. Usually the enzyme is DNA ligase. Remember, because DNA ligase has very important function there, because DNA ligase can seal the double-stranded DNA segments so here after this ligation what we'll get here is a construct that's called a construct of the desired gene with with this blue color along with the plasmid content now this molecule which is consisting of one part from the prokaryotic segment that is the vector part Another part is from the eukaryotic gene, that is the desired gene. This is called a recombinant DNA. This one is called a recombinant DNA molecule. So, once we have this recombinant DNA molecule, we know, now this this plasmid, the important factor about this vector, like the plasmid, is that they can undergo self-replication. They're self-replicatory molecule, so they can do their own replication. So they can multiply inside the cell in number of multiple numbers, multiple times. That is possible. So now, once we prepare this, the recombinant DNA, and as it is consists construct of a prokaryote and eukaryotic DNA segment, we also call it a chimeric, chimeric, plasmid, or chimeric vector, whatever, because it's a construct from to different species like prokaryotes and eukaryotes completely not actually species huge difference now once we have this recombinant dna the third stage is to insert this recombinant dna inside a cell which can carry it for example a bacterial cell let's say the e coli cell so now we have this e coli cell this is the e coli cell for example E. coli cell have its own genome, whatever. Now, what we do actually, we we take this and insert this inside the E. coli genome. So now, what we have is something like this inside the E. coli genome. So the recombinant DNA is now inside the E. coli cell. So now, this plasmid can grow and replicate and replicate itself, increase the number of copies inside the E. coli cell right so now if you look so don't complex it with this genome of E. coli that's a complete different thing plasmid can self-replicate so after some time what we can see that inside the E. coli cell there will be multiple multiple number of this let's say recombinant molecules and let's say recombinant DNA I just draw it with a red color here for for simplicities and time all of these are recombinant DNA molecule and let's say this one is the genome whatever these are all the recombinant DNA molecules
4: Yeah, I feel like I'm back at university. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I think we kind of got the gist there for um, the recombinant. Your mic's off for some reason.
0: I muted it, thanks. I wanted to show this because I've shared this in other places too, that it explains, he does a fast job of explaining if you want to make a protein and how you take this little part of a gene... And then that gene is when he says eukaryotic for people unaware that's mammalian that's animal people. He says prokaryotic that's bacteria, but I mean it's the same as the plasmid here. And here would be the gene of interest. And when it was made in the the plants, like in Moderna or Pfizer's plants, you know they took these plasmids and they put them in bacteria. And then this is the same gene that encodes. For the, yeah, the, the RNA to make the spike protein. And I didn't know if people, because it's not something that people had seen before, to be able to visualize in their head what was going on when we talk about plasmids and bacteria. Why does that matter and why they did what they did in the lab, that they, they just didn't separate things out. Can, so then... uh. Yeah, people were asking about the positively charged lipids and how those can mutate RNA. So, so these plasmids have a negative charge of approximately two hundred fifty-six on them. And even if one of them, one of those enters the lipid nanoparticle, then you have we well, have two options that can occur. You've got what could happen is a, polylipo, a lipoplex and a polylipoplex, and the lipoplex is on one of those slides where it's just a a piece of DNA, but then it's got a whole bunch of the, if you think of these as the positively charged lipids, you've got a bunch of positively charged lipids that would be bound to that. So I didn't know where we wanted to start. So I guess we can start at the really recent bad. If you go just scroll up a little bit. And I sent you the study and we went over it a little bit in response to JJ saying I just basically ad hominem, and he never looked at any of the stuff I, which uh should really do. So the so study was done in 2021 and I discovered it recently when I was looking for something and I had not seen it and they used there it is HPLC but they used what's what's called reverse phase and then ion paired it's I don't know if you you want to explain HPLC, if it doesn't even matter to... so, So what they found, which hadn't been looked at before, was that those positively charged lipids that are stuck to the RNA, I mean, they would be stuck to the plasmid too. So you have two choices just to backtrack a second. So if the plasmid gets into the mix, you've got two things that can form. Of course, positively charged lipids are going to stick to it because it has such a high negative charge. And that is called a DNA lipoplex. So they could just be hanging out by themselves. And then when I try to calculate the, what the charge might be, depending on the ratio of lipids that got stuck to it, versus the negative charge, it looks like there would be higher actually in positive charge, and it would go to the lungs, and then that would cause clots and adverse events.
4: But uh, I don't see a per- Link.
0: I think it was the last stream that I sent the paper when we were responding to JJ in an email. And then I talked about electrophilic attack in that stream, too, but we didn't really go far into it.
4: Funnily enough, as I type your name in, the only other Christie I have in my um, email box is Christine Massey. Do you know who she is?
0: I have heard the name.
4: Yeah. Yeah, she's this uh, saggy snatched what did i call it i don't know saggy snatch maggot something like that um no virus loon um let's see actually keep my email box quite busy als
0: oh yeah because they i found a Oh, so there's also the DNA lipoplex, polylipoplex. This sucker could enter the lipid nanoparticle as a lipoplex, and then it would be called the polylipoplex, where it would be the DNA plasmid hanging out with the the RNA, and it would have its then then you'd be looking at that structure where it's got positively charged lipids attached to it. And then so does the RNA, because it's such a high negative charge. So the yeah, the I sent you studies showing that the the a PCR test done on employees. Like I was I wanted to like talk to you today and call in, but I was driving and I was listening to your show when you're talking about people finding plasmids and stuff. They they yeah. tested they, they did a, a PCR test on employees. I don't know if they were Pfizer or not, but they were they were labeled scientists. They did they tested positive for COVID and then they decided to really dig into what they were testing. Uh they didn't have COVID, they had
4: Plasmids, yeah, I, I remember. It had the that.
0: same frickin' plasmid in their nose. Mm. They had the canmyosin resistant gene on them, and they they picked up the codon optimization too. And I thought, holy crap! Mm. Yeah. Do I have plasmids in my nose?
4: Um. Okay. I'll just quickly read out what I do see. Um. Viral delivery of shRNA to amygdala. Risk reduction in mRNA in therapeutic something. Lipid. Biodistribution and what happens? RNA mutating study. Yes. RNA mutating study. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So what they found, so they did the the study. Holy F. So they the scientists did a study and they used reverse phase HPLC and they found that there are impurities Within the positively charged lipid that are mutating the RNA, which would lead to loss of translation, aberrant proteins, base, uh, one point base pair. It could mutate the way the, the base pairs or misfold and aggregation. So it could cause prion. Like it would cause a uh, miss on top of the spike already misfolding. It would cause additional misfolding. Yeah. Um, again, that's... and no one's talked about it. So then when I was reading it, um, you know, it's like, so, I, so I, I mean, just to like put it into as much layman's terms as I can. Okay. So it's, there's lipid nanoparticles The RNA is in the center of them with a negative charge. The positively charged lipids are stuck to it. So that means it also has to be having an impact on these plasmids and any nucleic acid it would come in contact with because it doesn't have anything to do with the Mm. codon optimization or anything else that they did. So the, the RNA is pretty fragile. And so the traditional methods that, have been used by Pfizer and Moderna, did not go in-depth as this study looked at, and they found that there are impurities that are called electrophiles, and that means they're electron-seeking, and they used the reverse phase ion HPLC to identify a specific class of impurity that results from the reactions and the interaction between the positively charged lipid and the RNA, And it will, again, prevent the RNA from even forming the specific protein itself. So there's a loss of translation, but that's not the the only, like, that. yeah, yes, please. But also, you know, there's uh, hydrolysis occurring. So I don't know if you want to talk about, like, what hydrolysis is. And it, it can render the RNA inactive. Completely, so it's not coding. So here's the options that you have. It's just really a crapshoot of what's going to happen that they have in this article. Either it renders it non-coding. I've got studies linked up that are recent in the slide deck, including in the reference section that non-coding RNA can be oncogenic and lead to cancer. Yeah, this is
4: something that I lay on people, which is, you know, it, it, it gets worse than just prions and misfolded yeah. proteins that RNA itself can become a prion, right? And right. a lot of people have a job. I see that r-
0: dot kick. Sorry, I was reading the plasmid in my nose would make a good punk song. What would be the name of the band?
4: I missed that, but... Um... <laughs> it might not have appeared yet. Plasmids in my nose would make a good punk song, and I thought, oh. what's the name of the band? <laughs> yes, I see it now. Um... The, but yeah, this, this, and I, I would make the presumption that it's, as you're talking about charge being a very important component in the intracellular environment, such that um, RNA, if it's not handled correctly, can, I don't know, be attracted to or electrostatically. And, um
0: well, what's happening here? That this study just because they use some pretty high scientific lingo is that uh, an adduct is forming and a new covalent bond is forming and that can cause it to either have a loss of translation, an altered structure because the covalent attachment of the elect- electrophilic impurity. I feel like I'm losing my hands too much. Like, uh, the no, I do it all the time. When that's, I, I, I'm very yeah. Uh-huh. Uh, when when well. this like sticks to this or. You know, where's my RNA and my like batch of fun? Ah, oh, here we go. So like the you know if this is the the RNA with its little base pairs on it, and then you've got uh you know one of the positively charged looks like a a, a triple, an you know, orange one, which is like the trip stuck to that. You no, know, that's it's doing a, a new bond. So the co the it's covalently attached and it can alter the structure and with regards to the functional groups on it, it can, it can hinder binding within this. It can inhibit ribosome binding, uh, steric hindrance, hindrance, and base pair disruption. So then you have the the literal crapshoot of protein misfold, aberrant proteins forming, non-coding leading to cancer. Uh, and then, you know, what about DNA and what, what about the DNA? So, so they just talked about, about what was happening in the lipid nanoparticles. So, so any doctors or anybody else, do you want to chime in, Kevin? So what happens when this interacts with our RNA? Or there's two ways it can make it into the nucleus of the cell that we know of during telephase. You know, it can hitch, you know, these would be hitching a ride into the nucleus, either with a nuclear localization signal on it or during telephase. So this study, they didn't even ask that question.
4: The one we're looking at right now yeah i mean this the people expect um all papers uh to essentially have all the answers and that's not it's not how this works it's that that's why it's incumbent upon you to keep reading across um All I did
0: was read this one and find, holy shit, this one kept me up for a couple nights, and then I was Mm. messaging Charles, and I think I was messaging you, and I messaged Dr. Drew, actually, too, and went, holy fuck, look at this, and I sent it to Rennick. Mm. And then he asked, what does that mean? And I think this paper just got buried in the mess of how many, did we say COVID and RNA papers are getting cranked out?
4: Oh, God, I mean, it's... Remember, it was some ridiculous number, tens of it was thousands. like ten or twenty thousand. Was yeah. it like ten or twenty thousand a month? Yeah. I want to. I must say it's like twenty thousand, and um, that's you know. I I think back to my doctorate, and you you didn't have to read. Well, if you read ten thousand papers, you know you'd done a good job in your um, your PhD studies, and you'd done a broad range of. Reading over sort of five years, um, but you know, 3, I don't know if you want to talk about like but been...
0: like, like if this impacts the RNA of our cells, because I think it's you know that's I think when JJ was shaking his head, yes, JJ, about half of the RNA exists in the cytoplasm of cells. That's that's some basic biology stuff. Mm-hmm. So if that positively charged. Those positively charged lipids spill out if they would interact with any of our RNA. You wouldn't have the same long-term effects if it interacted with the DNA. You'd have, you know, Philip and I were talking about this too. You'd have uh, altered protein expression, Mm. but then it would—that'd be it. That'd be the end
4: of it.
1: But unless you
0: have amyloid
4: or oncogenic, then you're in trouble. Signaling components as well, right? Yeah, the short. So Self signaling that could get impacted, and um, I, I mean, I presume that they would attract uh, these positive lipids as well. And um, it's it's a very complex study to tease all, tease all that out. And we're in an environment where they don't want to know this stuff, that's the problem.
0: yes, yeah, so, yeah, you'd have a uh... I think there's a slide where I just loaded it up because I knew we were gonna go over this. You know, you lost the translation and the protein expression, but then you can have altered cell signaling. And I think I just I think it's on the the next. Oh. Okay. So the next
1: green, yeah.
0: Yeah, and then the interaction with the dead box, everybody talks about P53, and this isn't my specialty, and this is where I thought Joanna, I didn't know if she was, her and I talked a little bit on Twitter about dead box protein dysregulation.
4: Yeah, I, I know nothing about this. So. You know, the so Protein misfolding aspect, I don't mind, but the cancer side, that's... <laughs> Has hold of a whole other ball game, um, as far as I'm concerned. Um but yeah, it's it's concerning that you're interacting at these sort of fundamental levels and we don't know the well, actually I I I'll rephrase that. We we're maybe starting to get an inkling of what that means in terms the
0: ribosome actually would uh I think the ribosome recognition would be messed up too because the ribosome recognizes specific sequences on the RNA to initiate mm. protein synthesis. So if there's any kind of, even if it was a it was like a point mutation or if there's any modification to that RNA sequence, which they were showing in that study, could occur mm. with regards to the the mutation of the RNA, then you'd have translation errors even if it's just disrupting the,
4: the reading frame, then you can. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. Very. Um, but self signaling
0: could get scary.
4: Yeah. Um, so the when they when they claim all all knowing knowledge in this um, domain, um, no that that's not true i mean the tech is getting good now like modern day sort of proteomics is you know i sort of sit there and think wow things have really um moved on but the w- we're still a long way from sort of piecing all these um but well, it's, it's like the intermediate structures right we don't so it's like well, Oh, this can
0: t- this can ion bridge and aggregate more. Do you want to scroll down a bit? Because there's a little section on ion bridging that no one's talking about. There's a Dr. Thorpe. Go. Oh, he keeps talking about stuff in kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's some dead box proteins, and we we talk about babies just getting through. Oh, so there's there's something called ion bridging. So. So they can act as bridges because they have a charge to them. And uh, you can have what's called a higher order complex formation. So the cationic limpids and again, this is just luck of the draw, where it lands in the cell, how much, or the people. And I think, what it McKernan? How many P's did he say was in a dose?
1: Oh. Like
0: I think on Twitter. I am I am is on Twitter so anonymously tonight? right now. Forty billions,
4: yeah, some ridiculous number. Um, that yeah, it billions or trillions of um, lipid nanoparticles, and um, so these these things can engage in what, what's called ion bridging. If
0: they if they're they're clumping, uh, if it gets pretty ex- excessive, where it can aggregate RNA together, so it can lead to RNA aggregation if it. It would even in contact with our own RNA. So you can have sounds
4: a like the beginning misfolding
0: of a... and aggregation and then ion bridging where it just it forms complex complex structures.
4: Right. So there's sort of um well, it it would be like the equivalent of quaternary structures of peptides, right? So rather that it's not covalently bonding, but the charge is causing it to form and a more complex shape that's multi not multi-dimensional but in three-dimensional space rather than the sort of linear um that we envisage them as and so you know there's the issue around um you know where they form those quadruplexes and um but that's all in sort of one and two D. And then if I guess if you've got the charges coming together, then if you've got some positive charge, then it can bring in a bit of neg- negative charge. But because of the physical shape and size of the molecule, it's not quite going to touch, and they they form these um, yeah, complexes as you.
0: Yeah, through uh, yeah, it's through electrostatic interaction. So not quite covalent bond, but it would bring them together. And so when you, like your specialty is misfolding and aggregation, you know, the spike protein's already doing that. And then the positively charged lipids, they're showing right here that that is interacting with the RNA and can cause, cause misfolding and aggregation. And then in addition to, they can, so that's number three, they can engage in bringing the molecules together so you have these higher order structures and then if they're close enough to their like you were just talking so is this something with, you know a lot about Kevin I I, know, I only know a little bit where they can bring multiple RNA molecules close enough for their individual like the secondary structures because um, you have secondary and tertiary
4: you have different I mean, structures so they I can, can aggregate I can picture it but I'm, I'm or very, other very proteins
0: can from. come in so it doesn't have to be RNA other proteins can aggregate yeah, I mean, with these. So like once, then that would probably tie it back into that other study you talked about.
4: So once once you you're sort of building this charge and the molecule is getting bigger or um aggregating um other it's going to be agnostic to what it's coming into contact with all it's interested in is Yeah, it doesn't
0: um, doesn't give a shit.
4: Yeah, what charge is. It's um, not really
0: it's not picky.
4: So it's 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 kind of hard to make predictions about oh this will definitely form X Y or Z in this instance. It's going to depend very much on where it is within the cell. um, Well, well, then this really weird thing can happen too that I was reading about in
0: uh I was branching off of that study because then they list references too. So there's what's called nucleic acid condensation. So and this is involving ion bridging where the positively charged lipids, if they interact with a nucleic acid, can actually condense it to a compact structure where the cation lipids like effectively neutralize the negatively charged phosphate groups along the backbone and it causes the the nucleic acid to condense down and form smaller particles or complexes mm-hmm. and. Degrade okay. it and then facilitate and then a cellular up yeah, oh my holy crap
4: so have make does it bring it out of solution as well but, but that's what I think of with condensation, right, so the charged RNA, et etc, is going to be soluble within the intracellular fluid the crap you, you remove the charges and it doesn't it doesn't dissolve so uh, so readily and so it's likely and that coming out of um, solution is one of the sort of hallmarks of you know, like Louis body aggregation, right, that it's um, forms these clumps and then the cell doesn't really know what to do with it, it just packages or just tries to shunt it somewhere where it can um, store it and it just just keeps getting added to um that's in theory i mean again we don't we have very very little insight into the like i said the transitory structures between one like your initial starting conditions and then the end state which would be like a um tangle of some form and you know one of the um standout points from uh, Prestorius is that in those amyloidogenic clots in the blood there's all sorts of molecules in there it 's not just a clean amyloid structure right there's many many peptides and um, other you know blood components ions metal ions were a big big thing so they're they're very messy type aggregations and um, you know we don't de- we don't have a sort of real-time view onto how that um occurs but there's um there are ways of like they they can freeze frame peptides in as they're rolling through formations right there's a There's an antibody technique which which will do that. So, as the theory being that as the conformation is changing and the um, parts of the peptide would be more exposed, it would be amenable to um, antibody tagging, and then they can um, sort of crystallize out and look at the look at the shapes and see how they and you know.
0: We used to tag antibodies with, are you talking like, uh, we did affinity tagging for those sometimes, or protein where you do like the sixth or seventh um, spot in, and then we were talking about different tagging, like fluorescent or...
4: Yeah, so this is, so as uh, as you're constructing the peptide, right, and you're going right. through... Right, we do
0: sixth or seventh, like, base pair in, and then we tag.
4: Okay, and so you... you catch it at that point and then you're able yeah. to say okay we know that it's in in you can in theory say okay it's in this conformational state at this point and that then i don't know if as a molecular biologist they they can think of ways to get in and um tinker and um, mess around even more um, but again it's it's outside my area it's amazing we can do it um but i still think there's a i don't know a degree of hubris that we can just get in there and um know, we've got some rna some charges just throw it in there governor it'll be all right
1: Um,
0: yeah i've only designed this stuff for people who are sick so yeah this has been blowing my mind Oh, another thing that can happen, and it's on one of these slides, and it's, uh, I've got the link in there too, is the, it was Dr. Ko in the beginning of 2023, he's, uh, he's got like 80 papers and he's a professor in Korea. He did imaging on the freezing and thawing process of the lipid nanoparticle, and he found that there's water in the center. And yeah, this this goes back to the negative. But the water in the center of the lipid nanoparticle is also breaking the phosphodiester bonds of the RNA and causing either non-coding or misfold aggregation. They found the cholesterols changing to oxysterols and um, toxic species of cholesterol.
4: A, a core uh-huh. of water within the lipid nanoparticle as well, and that's causing some degree of hydrolysis, yeah. I presume, and. Um, Mm, yeah
0: this one on the last stream that i was on you and i were talking about this one and it was on the first stream that we talked about that the study was done at the end of 2019 and that's where i sent a couple of pictures of people wanted to know what a liposome was and how it would be negatively charged but i didn't know if they needed a picture or not of just a liposome it's just this ball of lipids that form in a ring and then something can get sucked into the center whether it be a protein or a piece of RNA or DNA and when we talked about the lipid nanoparticle or the plasmids that are floating around and then like imagine this sucker just in a sphere of lipids or if it was in a it had its own bilayer that formed because those things can form that yeah, these were found, and this would explain it.
4: Yeah, so this is. The... But of course,
0: when JJ says the what the coagulation cascade, of course, comes after that, and then the the immune system and the mm. that the EPCR. Like I'm trying to remember the part EPCR and protein C and.
4: God, that takes me back again to <laughs> all that all that stuff that you memorize at uh, that level, right? All those cascades the um yeah when you step out into the real world quickly yeah. <laughs> if you don't use it um you lose it but what so what we're looking at at the picture there what's being highlighted with the rings they're saying those are the lipid nanoparticles and that's causing the misaggregation of the fibrin in this case, when
0: right. th- and the the study, yeah, those are direct quotes that the coagulation proteases become thousands of times more active. And then, like you said, there's bunches of stuff that can just be existing within the complexes, and same with these. And I don't know if they tested everything that was in it because someone sent me some stuff, uh, Dr. Ryan Cole found and he found that there was collagen in these suckers and the fibrin
4: yeah so you know that there's a basic science and physiological basis for what could be these unusual clots that people have seen um
0: again study found it was negatively charged liposomes And the only way that they're going to hit the vascular system to like a higher degree when we looked at the biodistribution studies is that that first video we watched with precision nanosystems where they took the charges of the lipid nanoparticle and they altered the ratio of positive to negative and had their highly negative and highly positive and the slightly negative, more negative went to the spleen. But if it pushed far negative, then you're and you're fucked and then it's leaking right into the vascular so like you said on the one of the streams that even if you inject anything into your arm it's going to leak in and not stay in the muscle hmm. but in the case of a high negative charge going in that'd be like injecting like what have you injected if any of the doctors nurses everybody wants to comment in the chat like when you give a patient magnesium sulfate and i keep going back to that one because it's used in pregnancy and pre-eclampsia, where the you know, the sulfate's got a minus two charge and the magnesium's got a plus two charge. But what if you just shot, can you just shoot sulfate into somebody that's got a negative charge? Um, That'd probably be bad. I don't know. But if you shot something with a really high negatively charged thing, theory, like they showed in the study, it uh, it's going to leak into the vascular, even if you shot it into the muscle, because it's going to be attracted to the positive charge. So, Kevin, I think that's after this one or. Way back in the beginning, I posted the. I've got the full document from the, the FDA. So if you go, and I just put the part in there where the FDA, and Pfizer. Never!
4: Oh, sorry. (laughs) Burgle escapes. I'm sorry. sorry. Um,
0: I think it was towards the beginning of the slide deck. So that was when. Uh, Kevin McKernan sent me something, I think, from Sasha. Oh, it was like several months ago, and it was some testing that Pfizer did. I mean, so, where is funny. it? Did I slide? Did I send you the wrong slide deck? I think the slide deck is missing stuff. <laughs> I
4: mean, it's it's a plenty long slide deck. I mean, I think it's like. Should so. have like
0: 77 or 78.
4: Yeah. 76.
0: Oh, I'm missing some on this one.
4: Sorry. <laughs> so How dare you. Um... Well,
0: um... It's Pfizer's own Pfizer's own uh, stuff. Pfizer has a document where they tested the zeta potential of the lipid nanoparticle And they state, right there, right back, there it is, hold on, go back up, right there, so surface charge, so I pulled this out of a full Pfizer document, and I can send you the full Pfizer document if you want, Kevin, where it says surface charge, where the drug product was subjected to electrophoretic light scattering to determine its zeta potential, which is defined as the electrostatic potential or charge between the particle surface and the solvent, and they determined it to be about minus 3.13, saying it's slightly negative charge, and they state right in it that the neutral LNP surface supports the mechanism that the drug product avoids non-specific binding events in the blood compartment.
4: Nearly neutral LNP surface for mechanism. Yeah. Non-specific, yeah so again causing you don't know what it's latching Lots. onto it's just the
0: but platelets so that would have someone asked in the other stream about adenovirus right and that study showed the negatively charged backbone on the adenovirus was binding to platelet factor 4 in patients that had the is it the mutation or the is it factor
4: is it factor 5
0: any test compliment, anybody say in the chat? Are there any docs in the room?
4: Uh, it's Karma Doc in there. Um
0: Sulfate. Nope. I'm gonna go look in the crash. Um, yeah.
1: The...
4: Yeah, all this I don't know. <laughs> it's co- it's the it's the corporate CYA um language that they're uh, you using. Know... Oh not specific. Let's just it sounds so benign <laughs> when just call it, call it, just
0: call it a clot to platelet factor four, or it would uh, why. So I was trying to look at studies to pull in to show why, because I think you asked why the highly negative charge. Like if it's if it's neutral, just tiny negative, it goes to the liver and then it distributes from there. And then if it's a little slightly more negative, then it's landing in the spleen. That's no good. And then when it's even more negative, that's. When it just leaks right into the vascular system into the like it just just rushes right into the blood vessels and the hits the arteries and veins from there. And then you'd be looking at the really thick clots that were're showing there, or
4: and this, clots this comes in general the back of this study this week, I don't know if you saw it. they're finding through mass spectrometry the uh, the double prolines months later um in in this they mention they find it in other tissues but they don't um, they don't describe it in this paper but it's um they Can you s-
0: detect that with just regular protein test. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. Like, if you're doing a lab, because I've talked to my doctor a few times, if she could just, if you're you're looking at lumbar puncture, if you're looking for any kind of protein, we'll will, will some, some you don't have to have a test that's specific to spike protein to just see shit. There's a bunch more proteins in there that belong that don't belong. Mm.
4: Well, I, th- I think in this instance, you want to be like if. if... Say say you get the clotting effect, and it happens, not instantly, but um, six months down the line, and they and they say, oh, they shrug their shoulders, and they say, it can't have anything to do with um, our product, it would have...
0: Like VIAX went, like those caused VIAX caused clots, I think they found up to 18
4: months. Oh, <laughs> shit. Um,
0: but... But they, at first they thought it was 60,000 people that either died, but I think it was upwards of 200,000.
4: Mm. Yeah. Oh, Pfizer, what would we do without them? <laughs> I say for, we'd live longer maybe, but. Um. No,
0: I didn't. I didn't see this study.
4: Yeah. So in, in this study, they basically were able to show In in this case, they're talking about blood compartment plasma they can do the mass spectrometry and they can find the fragment with the double uh proline the magic proline lock and um it's it's a indi- and they found it in 50 percent of vaccine recipients 60 to 180 days later and you know this compounds the issue that you were sort of alluding to we have we have multiple steps here right so you've got the initial I don't know, phase contact between the lipid nanoparticles and that unpredictable chemistry then you've got the chemistry the I don't want to say unpredictable they, they've got a theoretical framework of what's happening when it's getting it into the cell but um, all those charges cascading into and causing the complexes with RNA and then you can get to the expression products and you know if you you know that's where a lot of attention was sort of focused which is oh you're going to express spike protein on the endothelial surface that will cause um, the immune system to um, attack and um, particularly second and booster shots would compound that problem and and then you've got this longer-term phase where they've essentially successfully delivered the cargo. The all, all those other things are at, at the cell level are uh, uh, not an issue, and it's continuing to produce spike, and the, they're able to digest out the um the peptides uh, i want i want to say they were so, something really basic like trips and um digestion maybe but anyway they 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 can identify the amino acid segment that has the double prolines in it holy and, hell and they can and basically you can say that you know if if an adverse event happened at six months, which is the the max window on this study, they could theoretically um look for spike protein. Now I don't know about um the lipid nanoparticle itself. How
0: that's still making that RNA can't still be intact even with the changes they made. There's just no way in hell that RNA like I don't know if you've thought about that. Like I was trying to wrap my brain around how they said the RNA was still intact. Like they're not finding the RNA present because, like, that's where the plasmids would come into play. And even if you have like some of these that would just keep replicating themselves, then they just keep shooting out RNA.
4: I mean, the if you're finding spike months later, I would have I would make a presumption that maybe there's still ongoing translation. So the and this comes down to that um pseudouridine and how we don't know how many replication cycles it's doing and because we don't know the biodistribution and what it's i don't know I've, you know over it for example that seems to be a problem target these lipid nanoparticles, but, you know, if it goes in there, what's the um, translation kinetics like in ovum and, you know, the are supporting, I forget the name of the other cells, but, um, you know, as they're doing their, you know, because they're, they're... The oocytes are... Yeah. And, and, so... and then
0: there's kufar cells too, but those are in the, are those in the liver? I forget.
4: Liver cells. Like, what's
0: it doing in the liver?
4: But if you've if you've got uh if it gets into a tissue that's highly um, dependent on um long term uh hormonal signaling right. yes then you'd to look, look at did you pizza oh okay Save some for daddy um so
0: Sounds great. Pizza sounds great.
4: <laughs> I was saying, no. Um, yeah, so we, we don't know, and they certainly don't know how these translation effects, or it's possible that you, you would get these long-term translation effects if it's getting into a tissue that essentially could be quiescent and then gets caught And you know, like I say, a menstrual cycle or, um, Do you so... have
0: ribosomal exhaustion then too? I have no idea.
4: I I, I don't know these these sort of molecular biology. Because if
0: the kitchen oven is being used to make something else nonstop, does that have an impact on the other our own RNA that needs to be translated?
4: Um, right. Is it is it sort of taking priority? Does that muck up the
0: kitchen anyway. Right.
4: I I, I don't know.
0: Again. Or does it impact the efficiency of that if it just keeps going? I mean, ours keep. I know ours keep going a lot because I thought the liver makes like a boatload of proteins every every well, day.
4: If it's, you, you ha-
0: Liver's insane in number of proteins made every day.
4: You were pointing us towards uh, the there's, protein. That was us. the proteomics yeah. that we were looking at. Yeah.
0: And, but then there's also, uh, on one of those slide decks, Dr. Hazen was talking about the... The Bif bacteria disappearing, yeah. and then there's a study that I plugged in there where they looked at overexpressing a protein in E. coli, and then it caused the E. coli to yeah, commit Harry was... Carry and kill itself.
4: In here, you've got those at agar gel.
0: Yep. Oh yeah. So also, there's another way that lipid nanoparticle can change charges. Three studies, one on Cell.com, one at Dr. Co., and then there was a third one were done, and they had Moderna in the supplemental data as well, where they looked at the lipid natal particle and what was happening after transport, and then it was thawed out, and they found that you know they're clumping together, but they're also bringing apart the RNA slipping out. So when that would occur, that would also relate to a change in the charge and the zeta potential if say the RNA leaked out, then you're going to have a more charged particle and it's going to go to the lungs. Or when people said they thought they got a dud just because the RNA or plasmid isn't in there, if you're just shooting in LNP mm. with a charged lipid inside, there's another study where they took charged particles oh, and they the recent... applied them to
4: blood, and those caused clots. The recent rodent study where they it basically had the huge enlarged, I want to say it was kidneys, right? They, they had like 14 mice and they IV injected it with Pfizer and um, essentially found, I think they said it was um, cancerous, but um, that was just, uh, well, the presumption was that that was from lipid nanoparticle, if I remember correctly.
0: Um, yeah, there's other studies that I found and there's just so many that we could just have multiple streams where the positively charged lipids get sucked up by the mitochondria. The heart, 70% of the energy by the heart is directly from lipids. So if those entered the cardiomyocyte and you had a positively charged lipid entering the cardiomyocyte, that can't be the greatest thing in the world. And then uh, the impact on the toll receptors and yeah, the potential link to cancer is there as well on the positively charged lipids, and I don't remember the exact... I can send you the link, and we can just talk about that another day, I guess.
4: Yeah, I'm just trying to find that rodent study. I don't... Ah, it's...
0: Oh, lymphoma. Um, The plasmids and the brain. I'd sent you a study that we... I Sorry, I sent you a bunch where they were using plasmids to enhanced the imaging of the brains that they were studying, and then they found uh, the microglia shit was shifting around in the cells and doing weird things, so then they repeated the study and they made sure it was just the plasmids in there and nothing but, and then the cells in the brain underwent the same kind of change.
4: I'm looking for that right now. That sounds... something I would want. Neurons burdened by... Is the paper?
0: That was one of them. So that was the worry that if the breaks are... If those breaks are happening from the positively charged lipids, then that was going to be my question to you. Could that cause what's happening? I mean... If the positively charged lipids make their way into the brain. Okay, so we, like, we know from that study that they showed with the reverse ion or the reverse HPLC... That the uh, positively charged lipids can break DNA.
4: Yeah, I mean and, or and mutate anything, DNA. Anything that gets in there and causes cellular perturbation that's gonna activate well should activate microglia to sort of clear up any any mess. But you know, the question becomes what, what tissue does it land in and how how much of it is landing and what would be the um,
0: astrocytes are in the brain right yeah yeah. because people have been that's been a specific tumor formation that's been occurring
4: yes yes.
0: Mm. after vaccination I forgot what country that politician is was it from China or Japan that he has it's Japan yeah
4: now don't say,
0: Astros, like Thomas.
4: don't say I told you this but you know there was attempts made this end try to well speak to that individual and say you know look um, there's potential issues with contamination with respect to plasmids um, and there was an eerie silence as the approach was digested I guess and they thought about what was happening and they didn't want to they didn't want to pursue it basically and you know the I've had a real problem my end trying to get a lab to look at the vials, you know, the cold chained sealed vials that we had. Basically we've had to send them US side to um see what the see what the contamination levels are like um but yeah it, it despite you know people who could or should have some influence there was uh, just not uh, no motivation to um pursue asking these questions which is concerning and you know we're we're left with Small networks like this, trying to discuss in detail the the potential fallout, and uh, maybe maybe as the pathophysiology is studied more, and you know the the, the sort of it makes me think of Hamström and Nyström with the um, their first. Paper where they said, look, we can see these amyloidogenic sequences in the spike protein. And there was a, not all the paper, but there was a section of that preprint which said we should be cautious about um, using gene transfection as a methodology when there are these obviously problematic um, epitopes. And we're now three years in, they're talking about you know very very specific that should jolt in my mind yeah. funding um, agencies government uh, departments whatever to look at you know things like pre on protein cascades that well in, in the world i used to live in that would have meant all hands on deck and them doing anything and everything to um, confirm or deny that it was an issue look what they did with um, Mad Cows in the UK they had to completely revamp the industry from um, start to finish and with the reverberations of that is still going on 30-40 years later and I don't know. There's a, there's a, uh, uh, well, you know, could I go and do the requisite studies required? Not really. I mean, okay. I could, at a, at a push, I could order spike protein and I don't know, some lipid nanoparticles and IV and intramuscularly inject them and then see what happens over long term. Try and try and do a study like that. If I was um, still working. Um, uh, but... stuff so I... is
0: getting bad. I, uh, I didn't get a response from the FDA at all from my recent request. And now we're going on two months. So they didn't even, they had the auto respond, but I've submitted enough. I think I mentioned that before that they're, they're not even saying whether it's getting processed. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're getting hammered on that many requests now, where enough people are sending in
4: FOIAs. Well, or or they're just kicking the can down the road and hoping that people... I asked
0: for the contamination, I asked for contamination information.
4: Well, that's that's dependent on if that's even been reported by manufacturers right the um
0: did we talk off camera uh
4: yes we did um and i need to um drop yourself in it etc but um you know there's there's a lot of um gears that need to mesh and the I don't know if, like I say, if what we're seeing was a sustained bio warfare like assault, and these organisations were, let's say, they were um, unwitting participants in that whole series of events, are they, are they going to really want to um, do the investigations? Bring, bring the bureaucracies to, I don't know, some some form of investigative committee, hold people responsible. I think that's a very uphill task right now. And <laughs> people are still arguing whether viruses are real or not. Um, I, I'm... Sometimes, you know, it's when I see the problems and how many there are, I I just wonder if it's a case of, well, okay, you just have to wait for everything to, there's there's nothing you can do except wait for it to implode and just be ready for the implosion. Then we're going to
0: be looking at uh, real enemy, enemy. A-N-O-M, yeah, enemy. Then we're going to be looking at real chaos.
1: Mm. Yeah,
4: and that, I I would make the presumption that that got pushed into the calculation. A, that's what they were aiming for. And they're sitting back and waiting for that. And, you know, we were having a discussion the other day about the silent weapons for quiet wars and, you know, how they sort of view these complex systems as you know you you put in pulses if you like of um energy and you see how they reverberate and you know this it's it's old that's an old doctrine and we have to presume that that's got continue to evolve and get more sophisticated and they've like I say they've they've managed to have a Top-down view where they could, like I say, they they like that they knew that things would line up in a particular fashion, such that you had the um, you had the initial insult with um, pathogens um, and whatever your whatever you think the source of that pathogen or insult was, etc. The people dying, it pushed towards the secondary component which is the mass transfection and what the data you're bringing is such that oh even even the substrate the base substrate um is weaponizable in yeah in this instance and that yeah that makes the whole landscape far far more complex and Kind yeah,
0: of. I've tried to like debunk some of the when you talked about some of the larger accounts out on Twitter, focusing on certain things. Like you mentioned that today, and certain movements. Some of the articles I've gone through and trying tried to either debunk or see if it was true. Like one of the recent articles was: "Is plasmid are plasmids transferable from human to human?" Mm. Yeah. And the bacteria, depending, but that's depending that's close quarters, and
4: well that that um oh, fuck shit' got damn. damn kids at home, <laughs> sorry, making folks. pizza <laughs> yeah uh well, going the... okay, but now I'm gonna have to fight with the camera, sorry. Give me one second as I um, go and give them a bollocking. One second. (laughs) Give them a bollocking. Hey!
0: Got it up. Poor kids.
4: Um, well, at least systems came on. The camera's (laughs) fine, but.
0: And the ones making you pizza, right?
4: Uh, they are using the microwave, so.
0: Microwave to make pizza?
4: Uh, who knows what they're getting up to down there. No doubt I've got to um, (laughs) restore order on deck at some point, but the, um, you know, but I I was talking to Charles earlier and just this um you know, the issue around did, were we discussing this earlier? Just the the fact that in in the spike protein we we see now and I'll 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 just accept the data that has come through in that preprint right, that we we've basically got epitopes that are Tuned for prion protein, which is the worst of the worst, amyloid, um, we know it impacts alpha-synuclein. Those are our our, our three primary um, peptides of concern with respect to um, prion cascades. So we have that. That that already stinks to high heaven of... um, malfeasance and deliberate targeting of systems subsystems that people people will struggle to comprehend exactly what it what that means because you've you've got people struggling to understand what um even things like virus um infection means and then and then you've got to add in oh you you've gone and taken a substrate that can accelerate it It could catalyze that um those cascades as well and that might be a 5 10 20 year window in which the impact is really um really really felt and yeah you you have short term impact of course um any any complex system shunted in that way is going to have um fallout but um we're um we're a long way from being able to just say oh we could we can we can ignore um these particular aspects that the Elements in in this equation, um, definitely
0: not the the LMPs either, because a lot of mm, people are discounting those.
4: It just that it just takes what was already a very very complex situation, set of um, deadly serious circumstances. If if it's part of a weapons program. And and then you and adding on this layer, I mean, it's taken three years to really start having this conversation about what what this lipid chemistry means at, yep. at a mass scale. And, and
0: unfortunately, when you talked about larger accounts, um the Epoch Times referred everybody to Mark Giradot as the lipid nanoparticle expert <laughs> with the information on that. So that. That was a disappointing hit or mm. just people talking about the peg. That's another sad. As far as the bol- bolus and the thing aggregating, of course, the lipids are coming together, which we talked about on the other stream mm. because of either the charges, because they can form complexes with themselves and they can do what's called ion bridging where two positive ones could come together because it'd have a negative one sandwiched in the middle. Or the Ostwald effect, where that looks like the larger lipid is absorbing the smaller one so then it grows in size. Yeah. So part of his little substack is right, but not that a big blob lands somewhere.
1: And...
4: I don't. I don't know how he... Again, this seems like... Elevation of um, particular narratives and data that misses, right? Yeah, and you know the. And you know, I'm I'm thinking in my mind right now is that um, they'll say, "Oh, you know, clones is being ignored." No, it's not. Clones is it's elevated and sort of circulating in the uh, the. Well, I don't know, the the, the Slack, not Slack, um, Substack space, right? It's it's there and people, people are talking about it, but no one's really talking about these issues. And it's not like we haven't been trying to raise them for... Thanks um, for
0: doing that, Kevin, and everybody else, and Charles and others who've been who are retweeting and... Because I know sometimes it's really difficult to understand, and that's why I just started using crayons and pipe cleaners and thought, fuck it. Um, Let's do it this way.
4: It uh, it, it gets um, message across. I have to, I, I know I'll start talking about stuff and just, you know, it's, well... I I just make a presumption. Well, of course, people understand this; they must get this. But then, if you haven't been inducted into these um, knowledge schools, uh, these gnostic uh, um, cliques of uh, university disciplines, etc., um, it can seem um, overwhelming, right? And I guess I guess the I I always give this analogy, which is when I, I, you know, I kind of decided, oh, I, I wanted to get into electrophysiology I, that that I liked the idea of it and seemed intuitive to me, charges and um, membrane potentials. And but there was a difference between learning like a undergraduate and then getting into postgraduate type environments where suddenly, oh, you're hands on with the system. And there was a long period of me having to figure out what was noise versus, oh, that's what I'm looking for in in the brain. And it, there was many, many years of refinement and learning of, of that process. And, yeah, it's... It's a tough balancing act for people who are who are listening to this stuff where you can you can listen to someone like juardeau and it makes it sound simple right and it's not it's very very far from simple it's it's and yeah like i say he's a, it, he's a, a bugbear of mine, but he gets mentioned a lot by um many many people and i don't i don't get it and isn't isn't the fact that we nepotism
0: can... I, I,
4: I yes well I'm, I'm sure it's some of that and again how much is i
0: pissed off some people when i was on twitter eh,
4: think how many people i've pissed off <laughs> just <laughs> it's a it's a long list right and um but I don't... It's a. It's, uh, I got pissed was... off.
0: I said people failed, and they did. They have large platforms, and they had blinders up and refused to even consider other data when it was shoved in their face repeatedly. And they were just on their path or whatever they were going to present, so then it has been driving the conversation in whatever way that they choose with their blinders up.
4: Mm. And it, it suits... Due to personal reasons, yeah. So there's there's the I um, will say selfish, but the uh, the pursuit for, for um, fame or um, yeah,
0: personality or... cults have formed. Mm-hmm. That'd be. To show you don't have to do that one's pretty easy. Where people have been elevated to a certain status, you can't question what they say, and if you do, their minions will attack you, and then if you're part of the group, you get excommunicated and then thrown into exile.
4: Where the, the Everyone should be talking about the weaponizable components, right? And this is this is what I find so stunning that we're still we're still at this point there've been little breakthroughs right so is that course. because
0: i sent you the screenshot of the private message confirming certain doctors were going into political positions or organizational positions so maybe they don't want to touch it because they don't want to deter their mm. entrance into the cdc nih i think and, that's uh, a lot
4: of it yeah and so know.
0: they won't go there cuz they want to make sure because more than one president told them in California at a certain university that they would get those spots. Yeah. So I think it's a combination of
1: self-interest and the...
4: yep. Mm.
0: They still have certain hands in their pockets.
1: Oh.
4: If kids Um, sorry about that.
0: Well, oh, sorry, it's needed. It's fine.
4: Yeah, and so, you know, a lot of where I, I ruminate, I guess, is just if we're, if what we've witnessed was a bio-warfare assault with this long-term insult being part of the mechanism it could be it's done right there's shots been fired and uh, oh it's dr chetty in the conference so he was saying he, he he said something like we're just waiting for the we're waiting for which bodies to sort of hit the floor now and there's
0: another option too but i'm sorry i didn't mean to interrupt i was going to say it on Richie allen but i guess i'll say it here i signed a project with contract i signed a contract with project veritas in the may june of 2021 was it and uh, they sent me a text message actually releasing the contract but for about three months so I was recording undercover for the other stuff that I was getting data for with the the cameras and the wide angle camera lenses and the experimentation that was happening on students just psycho like, oh, that, yeah,
4: that step into that, <sighs> that that's
0: still us well. that's mainly where the harassment and the death threats come from that camp not not this camp that was happening on Twitter where they found my address and doxed me on uh QE Farms so the
4: Kiwi so when farms I, is great. I they I on Kiwi farms.
0: They supported me.
4: They yeah, called me Turbo they're cool. Turf. They're they're cool. They were that. actually
0: doxing the other people involved more, but but the the point that I want to make and is they that could shut down
4: right Kiwi yeah, farms. Yeah, the
0: FBI because they yeah. were they they had a uh, they had uh, they were intercepting information, putting some pretty private stuff up there. But so the, so the another thing, uh, like Richie Allen had, like him and I talk sometimes, and he said it felt like the larger accounts, media doctors or whatever, were only releasing certain information at certain times because he said it felt like a pressure valve. Yeah. But uh, so I was talking for three months to a woman who identified herself as Emma, as uh, the right hand of James O'Keefe, and I have all of those text messages and I have some of those phone calls and all those emails saved. And she has a dog named Max, lives with her mom. Uh, One of the days we were talking, she's getting a couch delivered. But uh, she said something that was really striking. So one was, you know, where their funding came from, mostly, and their ties to, to people at Fox News. But the most important thing that stood out to me is that she said they were sandbagging news stories to release them in the media to coincide with elections.
4: Yeah, which is um, basically what they were trying to do with Charles and Diffuse, right? So the the think tank. Elements. So maybe, Mars,
0: maybe they're going to be more amicable closer to 2024 to releasing some of this stuff and talking about it. I don't Sadly, know. Sadly, in order the, to get a vote, but...
4: Maybe the, the medical side of it, the medical freedom side of it, probably to start that's a low hanging fruit the problem is is that the biowarfare aspect of it just covers everyone in shit and so i i think that they will go to extraordinary lengths to not not discuss that or or have accounts that are not equipped to really deal with the the science aspect of it and you know there's look I, I've got nothing against him personally I follow his account but like he's called war clandestine and you know he his account blew up because of um the Ukraine labs but you know I was talking about that a, a year before him and then there was um people uh what's her name the Dalia... get the—I can never pronounce the last name—but you know she was looking at the labs in Georgia. Dil- Diliz- Diliziana, is that how you say the name? But um, there, there were people who who have been positioned and trying to talk about this these issues that have been shunted aside. You're not—you're not allowed to be um, seen. In public, right? So, my Twitter account is well. We did that, right? It's, it was non-searchable. Um, we did that last time. We were streaming. Um, Charles. Yeah,
0: I couldn't find it, so I screenshot it too, where I looked at. You you weren't popping in fraud- any results.
4: You'd get harassed. Um, and so they're gonna they're gonna choose who will if if, if they. If they bring up this subject they're gonna have the their people in place to be talking about it so that that it can be handled Um, like
0: weinstein
4: yeah yeah um you know that would be my go-to
0: i didn't mean to like say anything bad about him i just thought if i was gonna if i was out there and he's already part of that committee Mm -hmm. that they selected when they met in florida If I was going to pick one of them that that would talk about the bio warfare aspect, that's who I'd tap.
4: Yeah. Um, Soft spoken. um... Yes, big boy. That is wrapping up right now. You you need. I'm going to finish up. You're hungry.
0: What kind of pizza are you having?
4: Um, Minecraft pizza. Sorry, big boy. Uh, a, a few minutes. It must be late for you anyway, right? What time is oh, that? Uh, almost 11. Oh, not so bad. I'll keep you another hour. Not so bad. We're good. <laughs> um, yeah, like I say, I think you'll get the... Um, you, you'll either get the nonsense machines being um, pushed forward. Biological warfare's not possible, not real. Um all, all, all these aspects that to will try and sort of obfuscate the... Uh, the microchips. The, yeah, the, that's another one. And, you know, I was sort of one of the little groups I'm in was sort of dismayed. You want me to send you
0: the, the Epoch Times that printed the graphic oxide? Because that's when I stopped following them, even though they platformed McKernan. Uh, Epoch's to- Epoch even did the graphene oxide article and they had four doctors in there that showed blood and they said it was metal in the blood and it was clearly antibodies.
1: Mm.
4: Yeah. It's, um, yeah, it's incredibly frustrating. and you know, this is why I just say to people, you know, the, um, you know, be, um, you know, you've got to have a degree of uh, skepticism about all, all data. Don't don't go grabbing um, onto something and, and think that you've figured it all out, which a lot of people did with things like the graphene, for example. Um,
0: some of the, yeah, some of the doctors were retweeting too. I remember when I was on Twitter, and they got jumped on right away.
4: Yeah, I was. I was. That's a retweet,
0: see, not endorsement.
4: I said I was sad to see Jean-Claude Perez going down the nanobot, and that that was sort of being discussed at the, at the time. And um, it's it's so pernicious and toxic—not toxic, but um, it makes the job so much harder because you 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 leave yourself open to um attack when the the real discussion needs to be about the weaponizable epitopes the weaponizable biochemistry the all all of these aspects and then tying it together so that it's scientifically coherent that you know that you're defining the, the problem space correctly and right now that's not not being done and you know the stupid di- distractions around um clones right the, the whole michael issue... sanger
0: i think retweeted him who the clone theory got retweeted by sanger and mm. some other big accounts
4: i'm not sure i don't follow that one who's sanger
0: think a journalist i don't know a larger account on twitter
4: and you know it's it's fallen into that space where so now you've got to have this discussion about are things are things able to transmit and so you're you're up at that stupid level where you need to be honing in on this hey there's there's a sequence in there that literally looks specific for prion and the the lipid nanoparticle is essentially taking a bucket of gasoline and throwing it on the uh, the issue.
0: Yeah, because it's also, yeah, they showed it. I don't know why anyone didn't find that study. I'm just me at a desk that shows the positive charged lipids are mutating the RNA, mutating nucleic acids.
4: Wow. Holy shit. You know, there's, there's a few people... That's that like are... the
0: like top five bad thing right now. If you had to name top five baddies, it's the charge. It's the spike itself, right? The plasmids. Yeah. And then the positively charged lipids are doing a crap ton of bad.
4: Mm-hmm. Yeah. And we don't, we don't know what that looks like.
0: But you have Prices. like four... You have four protein misfold processes. So in the and I brought this up like every time that when you make an antibody recombinantly in a lab using cells under tightly controlled conditions or any kind of protein recombinantly, you can have misfold. It has nothing to do with the spike protein. They sometimes they just don't fold properly because it's foreign. It's, it's RNA that's been modified that's not native to that cell. So you you can have a misfolding occur, and then we'd have to put that through a two-step process with a buffer and detergent to get those to fold properly. That's not going, that process isn't there in the human body. And I know you've talked about the human body's capability to to fix some things and make it amends, but it can't always. So then you've got just the foreign protein itself, the RNA. You've got a misfolding factor right there. You've got the spike misfold. You've got the the water in the LNP in the center that can cleave that RNA or do things to cause that to either be non-coding or aggregate misfold. Then you've got the positively charged lipid causing the RNA inside the lipid nanoparticle to mutate, misfold, mm. ion bridging, complex aggregation.
4: Mm. I mean, you know, I guess there's some movement with respect to... Plasmids and, you know... Plasmids,
0: yeah. Um, Maybe that'll open the door for the other stuff. Um, and I know they've got to be... Sh- pooping their pants, but I don't know... why... Well, like the, no one else is touching it.
4: The plasmids, I think... would still fall into... like the... medical freedom... vaccine type... domain. right? That's
0: also because... uh Julian Gillespie from Australia... Their litigation is based on the foundation that it was a GMO. That that is a loophole that they found to litigate, and then I heard that that's probably going to happen in the U.S. as well Mm -hmm. and other countries that they're going to use the GMO aspect.
4: Yes, and the, um. But again, who? How do we take that? well you you have to take that movement or, or that data and try and convince people well hey that actually becomes part of the weapon system itself right and the the plasmid especially as it's more stable um becomes
0: uh, a it can't get broken down easily pfizer even says that on their own website or it's not pfizer sorry Sorry, Thermal Fisher talks about plasmids and their production plasmids, but not being able to be broken down easily in the human body
4: yeah and but you, people have to think of that as part of the um the weapon mechanism it's it's one it's one um attack vector, and you've gotta start thinking across multiple attack vectors in this instance. And um, you know the if it's well no there's there's two issues here so one is um that there's whatever the level of bl- uh, blood microorganisms are, there seems to be some right as a sort of very very low threshold um how much of those are taking up asmid, and then how much you know if, if Sabine's work is accurate, and I' have no reason to doubt that it's not, that somehow it's getting past the um, gut barrier into the into the microbiome of the gut somehow. I, I'm I'm presuming that's what's happening, and I, I, again, I'm not. I'm, I would be unsure. They can go
0: everywhere too, though, right, Kevin? Because we have bacteria on our hands. Like in microbiology class, I remember we did testing where we took McConkey. I was remembering my agar plates. We took McConkey, and I I participated where we we took our hands and we rubbed it in McConkey and we set it aside, and then we washed our hands with regular soap, rubbed our hands, and for those unaware, McConkey is uh, special type of agar to grow bacteria but uh, there's different type of agar plates but McConkie one so then I'd wash my hands and afterwards rub my hands on the, the plates and then set them aside and then and then use you know uh, chlorhexidine uh, so surgical scrub in, and then like four minutes like scrub the shit out of my hands and and then rub them on the plates and then we we grew them over 48 hours, I think, anaerobically to see what colonies would form to see what our our microbiome looked like on our hands. And at the time I was using uh, like just insane amount of hand sanitizer because I was in the hospital and the hospital pharmacy and I was preparing the you know, stuff for eye injections for like macular, you know, age, age-related uh, degeneration. And, so it was just nonstop hand washing for me. So I had so many fewer colonies than my classmates where it was an eye opener to stop using so much hand sanitizer. But the the thing with that was that when everybody's talking about the gut bacteria, we've got bacteria all over our body. Like there's bacteria in your throat that protects you from antigens, and that's why you don't want to use an antibacterial mouthwash, because that protects you from things like uh, strep and uh Ninja but uh, yeah, bacteria makes up half of our cells in our body, so it's not just in our guts.
4: Yeah, they've one to one ratio, or something. Some,
0: they used to say it was three to one, which was
4: even scarier. I think. Um, you've got to go get some pizza. Did you yeah, make pizza yeah. for your daddy? Mm. Um, <laughs> so I mean, there's plenty more slides to get through um but yeah we took a good swing out of that topic right now so thank you
0: good day to end good way to end my birthday thanks i have some studies i've got to send you if i can email you in one big chunk that one of our our other genomics friends messaged me that were kind of crazy and just manipulation of coronavirus and use in weirdo ways.
4: Yeah, I mean, look, I, I'm sort of going down the. <laughs> I see you, big boy. But the. Uh... I didn't I did think. I see you. Um, I forgot what I was going to send. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Just that I'm sort of um going down this OC forty three. Um, rabbit hole with, you know, what, what did they know? And how, you know, this is just talking with Charles about this, but just how much could they refine epitopes? And I, I, I need to find out, I've got to get an answer to this question. Are there on other coronaviruses this selectivity for I want to the, cat. the different, um, show the cat. For only brings the... kitties, yeah. except I'm allergic. Be be gentle, be gentle. Hello, Aww. kitty cat.
0: Hello, what's his name?
4: Yeah, I'm Nova, I wash my face now for allergies, but um, enjoy the rest of your birthday. Thanks, um, thank you. I hope you um. It's been an interesting back. day. Uh, yeah, yeah.
0: and um, my allergies are my allergies are crazy, but we have ragweed here,
4: so even with the windows closed up, they're pretty bad. Yeah, just him bringing the cat in now. I can <sighs> already feel. <laughs> I can't wash my. It's okay. itchy in there. I came downstairs yesterday. I was I was a right grumper yesterday. I was like, I can't I can't lay in bed without my <laughs> bloody face itching. <laughs> Yeah, that's that's you're itchy because you're allergic, big boy. No. Yeah, yeah. Uh, no. I I know I know it happens to mummy. Cats should go outside. Are you allergic
0: to dogs too?
4: No, I'm not. Dog is fine, but um for some reason. Ask your dad for a dog. I'm. We just don't. Well, you know, we don't have the space at the moment, but at the new
0: house, get a puppy.
4: Mm, yeah, I'm. That would be dope. Um it's just so expensive in Japan. Um
0: dogs are or dog food?
4: Dogs. Just to get dog you're looking at um.
0: But giving them away here. Really? Mm. Literally. I hate to use that word. Sad. Yeah. There's there's such an overabundance. But then you have to make sure if you're gonna adopt you get one that has had the proper temperament testing. So when you go to look at them, they'll say This one is lively.
4: Yeah, my mother adopted one. Or needs work around children. He was really sort of—I don't know what type of dog it was, but um, it would just—it was a bark at everything, and it would just go for individuals. And (laughs) she had to, she had to let it go. Um, And this time, it Uh got put down because it was—it'd already been through the system, so. Aww. Um yeah we'd have to get a puppy puppy I, I insist on that my my experience adopting animals we adopted a cat and you're yeah,
0: adopting somebody else's problems
4: yeah and this you know this was a mad cat lady and she was like oh this cat's really fine and it's been taken care of and um and the thing just hid in the cupboard um had fleas wouldn't wouldn't come out and then was just going bananas basically and then um, I was trying to grab it at one point and I just opened the window and let it jump out the second floor and <laughs> good riddance <laughs> it's just when Charles came over he was we were trying to sort of rustle up some um, foam for him to sort of sleep on, and I had like uh, a mattress and everything. But that cat had been living in that, on, on, and so I, the, the cover still had all its hairs on and everything. And I was just so he, he got raw foam to to sleep on, poor poor Charles. So that uh,
0: cat recovered.
4: <laughs> well it was a wild tra- cat it it was better off outside it didn't want to be indoors so um it was the best thing um it it seemed to survive the jump out the window it ran off so you're
0: gonna go play and eat pizza aren't you
4: <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna have to i'm gonna i'm getting called away here so um thank you thank you thank you for thank you um, I'll let you go. Thanks everybody
0: in the chat. Night C and Karma Doc. And yes. Doc Keck and others.
4: Yeah, and shout out to Doc Keck for going in and guerrilla Action JJ, so. yeah. thank you. Yes. Thanks uh, for playing
0: It dropping, was pretty bad.
4: Yeah, dropping in the data. Good on him. It's so fine. I need to. I need to have him on for a stream. Just uh, he's he's good fun to chat to. So. Um stop it, big boy. Alright, I'll let you go. Uh All right. Christy, take care. We'll speak soon. Thanks, Kev. Alright, bye bye. Have a good one. You too. Bye. Alright, there you go, folks. Um so I think we got about six slides in. <laughs> it's, there's seventy more to go. Um trying to um pick through this issue and like like I was saying, we've got multiple Uh, attack vectors lined up and on, like I say, on the strength of this paper I did yesterday, please go and watch the last stream I did um, where we look at Nystrom's uh, latest paper and um, human prion protein-specific epitopes are problematic Maybe they mutated out in later variants, but they whacked a whole bunch of people with uh, the o g strain. This is
1: um very very problematic and um yeah not sure gonna add to the gravity of that um but
4: um Yeah, I'll be back. We'll be doing... um, What will I be doing next? I think I'm going to get to the endogenous retroviruses, this one, and how, uh, obviously, immune dysregulation is going to um, lead to their expression and their impact on um, these prion-like cascades. And so, um, let me just check. I know Karma sent... I don't know. Thank you. Thank you very much. I
1: um, saw it. I did see one from Karma. I'm sure I
4: did. But um, yes, I see it. And um, it's been a bunch today. Uh, More Dan Beans, Laura. Um, Anon and uh Reena. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Keep uh keep supporting the stream. Um we like I say all all we can do right now is just pass data and just you know, try to avoid the um more obvious um corporate traps. I've got to go and take care of kids. Thank you for listening. I will see you in the yeah, next one. They have the t- Yes. yes. Say bye bye.
1: Yes, he has to take care for the other bye.
4: Yes, bye bye. Bro, you
2: don't know how angry I am. You do I'm like I was just leaving for fucking work. You do not understand how fucking pissed off after reading that little line.
5: I will be arrested for not taking a fucking vaccine. Fuck these papers! I will fucking kill each fucking capper, I swear. <laughs> this is not a fucking joke
2: anymore. This is fucking dead serious. I am fucking dead serious.
1: These people don't know who the fuck they actually playing. Fuck these cappers. No fucking vaccine or M.I.A. or ever throw through my fucking blood blood. Never. No. I will fucking die. Fucking fighting for my fucking fuck. bees and my fucking forefathers and my fucking little-
4: these motherfuckers
2: all them by this guy so
1: technically